Welcome to the end of the world. You're listening to an hour of your life. Not funny, Kim. It's not really the end of the world. You guys know that. Yep. It's not the end of the world. It may feel like it for some of you. Uh, We are doing... um, I'm going to call it a special edition, even though we are... It'll be a regular release. It'll be a regular release, regular numerical release and everything, but uh, it's probably not going to be an hour. It might be. Uh, we're not we're not time limiting this one. It may be a little over or under an hour. Well, since we're all sheltering in place... <sighs> it doesn't really matter anyway. We, yeah, we have nothing else to do, yeah. so this may go over an hour. Um, but it's a very, I, I think it's a special edition, a special coronavirus edition of an hour of your life. Um, we are very, I'm very excited. I don't know if well, you're let's, excited. Let's be clear though. It's not about coronavirus. We're going to be right. talking about the effects. Yes. What's happening to real people in our community. We're going to talk about, Absolutely. about people, companies, corporations that are stepping up that need to step up. Yeah. So this is kind of a follow-up from last week. Uh, We talked about, you remember last week we talked about the Spanish flu. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. It might give you some uh, really good insight into what's going on right now. Um, Because I know our governor, Mike DeWine, here in Ohio, has referenced the Spanish influenza and referenced St. Louis in some of his press conferences. Um, And we felt super smart, or at least I did, when he talked about that. Because I was like, oh, we talked about that on the show last week. Um, And... Also, we're not trying to spread fear. Like what Steve said, life is tough right now. Like it sucks out there. We're, there's no two ways about it. It is not fun to shelter in place. It is not fun to be out of work if that's you. Um, it's not fun to be cooped up, but there are ways to make the best out of a bad situation. And we're going to be talking about that too. Yeah. And like we said, it's we recognize the gravity that's out there that, you know, before this is over, when we finished the episode last week, things have progressed so far and it's, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I think everyone from the governor to the president, to all the health officials, if you are listening and if you have half a brain, you're going to recognize that this is happening out there. So there's no need to bury your head in the sand and, Mm -hmm. Look, we're going to keep the politics out of this. Yes. We're going to try to keep things as scientific. And it's really not even about the spread of the virus. It's about the real people who this is affecting and how they're dealing with it, how we can all deal with that. So when we get to the other side of this, we will be able to look back and say, you know what, we 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 did this with um, grace, with yeah. Whatever. I don't know. What do we say can't. about about? Um, I mentioned it in our in our show with uh, Izzy Rock. I said Dayton is known for its grace and its grit, um, and that's really uh, once again we're proving that's what we've got is grace and grit. And and it's not just Dayton either. Like a lot of places yeah. all over the country. But we are going to be talking to some Daytonians. Yeah. All, the, all all the people we've lined up to talk to during this episode are from Dayton, yeah. Miami Valley. If you are a Dayton native, you'll recognize some of them. Um, so this our format this episode is going to be similar to our TSP episode. Um, right now, we are waiting on a call from someone. We are practicing social distancing and being safe. So we are Steve and I are in the studio, um, and we will be talking to everyone uh, via 
via cell phone. Uh, so we have a couple of people calling in. So we're waiting. Um, we are much more technologically <laughs> advanced than that. Some people will be doing FaceTime. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, and some people may be doing Facebook Messenger. Oh. It all depends. We our, our recording equipment is Apple. And so FaceTime, for whatever reason, seems to get better. It sounds better, really better, good. Better, yeah. Um, Better quality. You are amazing. So Steve is our producer. And not only is he a host, but he is a producer. He is also one of the producers for and Mile... the engineer. Yeah, he's also one of the producers and engineers for Mile 13. Um, and he does a great job with it. Like, I'm not tech savvy at all. I honestly, I read stuff and I show up and talk. So thank you for coordinating all yeah, of this. Kim, Kim recorded last night for Mile 13 and... They had Casper in Chicago. Uh huh. Jackie, Jackie in, in over, Fairborn over, over in her house. A couple miles away and, and Kim here. Me in my basement. <laughs> and everyone was able to record. And I'm not going to take credit for this. I think Brandon is actually going to stitch and piece everything together. But um, it, actually, I think Jackie's going to do it. Jackie's going to do it? I think so. But, hey. um, but it was your idea. And it was a really, it was definitely weird. Um, we've never done it that way before and it was, it might sound kind of awkward, but I think it'll be fine. Um, but this show, uh, we have done something similar before, so I think we'll be all right. But look, what's happening in the world right now, it's unprecedented. If you could have looked back two weeks ago, I don't think the normal average person, maybe if you were a, a, a doctor and studied infectious disease, Maybe you were able to predict this, and maybe people were saying that. But I think for the average person, no one would know two weeks ago where we would be right now today. Okay, I would agree with some of those statements, and some of them maybe not. Um, I agree that nobody would picture that we would be where we are. I don't know that it's unprecedented. No, but the part that I somewhat disagree with is that it's unprecedented. unprecedented. Yeah. Unprecedented in today's time. I agree. And that I I do agree with that. And I've thought about that a lot this week that um, Steve and I have talked about 9-11 and kind of you get sort of the same feel of um, sort of fearfulness, but strength and defiance, I guess, that you had after 9-11 and the sort of like rallying that you had post 9-11, but not as much solemnity and as much somberness as you did um, because there haven't been as many, like, you know, 9-11 was different in that it was a mass murder, basically. This is not that, but it's still scary. Um, And then I think back about the Spanish flu too. And I'm like, man, if, you know, between 1918 and 2020, technology-wise, we've come so far. So it's really but, interesting. Yeah, we've technology-wise, but the same basic principles on how to prevent the spread of this COVID yeah, that virus. Hasn't changed. It's the same. It's the exact same stuff. The prevent the spread is the same, but it is so interesting to me. I keep finding myself wondering if, like, the Spanish flu had three distinct waves. And I find myself wondering if COVID is going to have three distinct waves or, you know, multiple waves like the Spanish flu did. But then I think, too, like, well, like we maybe talked now about- we have the, the capability. Like, you know what? Let's just talk about here in the state of Ohio, where we're the most familiar with. Okay. So Ohio seems to be taking the lead. And Governor Devine, Devine so bless proud. his heart, was taking a lot of hits. But yeah. As we've read other articles, a lot of states have looked to Ohio and the model that the state of Ohio is doing to stop the spread, and they're they're just mimicking what Ohio's doing. 
Once so, again, uh, we don't want to get political, and I and you're not doing that. But I am going to say, when you judge your politicians, I'm very proud of Mike Dewine, and once again, I am very proud to be from Ohio. I think Dewine is doing a great job. When you are judging your politicians, regardless of where you are, even if you're one of our international listeners, please remember that they are not infallible. They are human beings and they are at risk just as much as you are, if not more, because they are unable to self-quarantine. Yeah, at, at this time, I think we have to just accept for a fact that they are doing their best to yeah. act in the best interest of the public and to save lives. They're doing what they think is right. And if yeah. you disagree with them, that's fine. But please, um, I've seen a couple of people resort to name calling. Uh, don't. Just don't. It just makes you look bad. And just, I don't know. I don't it's going to be one of those situations that if they're, you know, you know, let's all pray that there is a low mortality rate and then, yeah. The criticism is going to come is like, look at the overreaction if by the, the governor. But if that's the criticism, good. Then that means that the plan worked. Yeah. And so, yeah. So let's just go on from there. Um, so let, let's try to keep the politics out of this because it's not about that. It's not. No. But here in the state of Ohio. So what happened starting about a week ago? Mm-hmm. They. What was the first step we took, Kim? Um, the schools. What was the first the, step? The governor. The schools, yes. A week ago tomorrow, so last Friday, was our first pre- press conference here in Ohio. Governor DeWine shut down the schools. And um, I honestly, I think we are... For three weeks right now. Essentially right now, although he is saying that he has publicly said that he expects it to go for the rest of the school yes, year. Yes, but as of last week, officially, it was Officially, yes. It's only three weeks. Um, I also, we're kind of in a weird position, and some school districts may be, because when Governor DeWine shut down the schools, it was on Friday when he gave his press conference, and he said effective at the end of the school day Monday is when schools are closed. Our granddaughters were on spring break on Friday, so they were already home. All of their Chromebooks and everything were at school. So their school district is in, I'm sure there are some other districts that are in kind of a weird spot right now, whereas other districts could have, you know, it was early enough in the day um, that they could have sent the kids home with their Chromebooks or said, okay, we're going to have school on Monday and here's your work or here's how we're going to do this. Um, you know, the teachers and administrators had the weekend to work on it. Our kids didn't. So some school districts are trying to figure out, okay, they we have to get their books to them and stuff. And you know what? I'm going to give – there are a lot of smart people working on this. So I'm going to give mm-hmm. – and, and, and that's what's been made abundantly clear. The state is putting out guidance, but it is up to the local districts, the local municipalities to figure it out. And it, they seem to be doing this. So – and that's something... How they're going to get their Chromebooks out to the kids. They're smart people. Oh, yeah, they're they'll figure, figure it out. out. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and that is one thing, too, that I do want to, regardless of how you feel about President Trump, I know that he is a very divisive person, but one of the things that I really appreciated hearing today um, in his national press conference was that he said, you know, we're leaving this up to the local... You guys know how bad it is in your communities. You know what you need to do. You're smart enough to to make those decisions on your own. Like the federal government, that's not our job to shut everything down yet. Uh, so we are going to leave it up to the local um, people. And I really appreciate that because it's not the same in every area. And every area needs to decide what's best for them. And if you're listening to us in 
a different country, there are our constitution provides for specific actions that a president that a well at the federal level that yeah. the president that Congress can take. But most of our power in the United States comes at the state and the local level. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening, and I'm, I don't even want to make up a country here, there, there are different rules. But this is how we're handling here. And again, it's not about any of that. What this show is going to get down to is talking to real people who are being affected by this. So yep. I think it's about time, Kim, for us to, uh, to get there. All right. And let's, let's make our first phone call here. All right, so our first guest is um, a lovely young lady by the name of Jamie, who works for one of the upscale salons in our uh, in the Dayton area. Um, Jamie is an esthetician, correct? Yes. And you do you do nails? I know. Do you do hair also? I do not do hair. Okay. I do skincare, waxing, manicures, pedicures, facials. Now, Jamie, we're not, I'm not going to mention where you work. You can do that, but I'm pretty sure I saw your boss on one of the local TV stations today. And what I saw was, well, I mean, basically, you all decided earlier on before it became mandatory that you were going to shut down. And what I saw your boss say was it was out of the concern for the customers, out of concern for the staff, he made a decision to go ahead and shut down his business before it became mandatory because I think today, was it today? Um, the governor shut down yes. or yesterday? No, it was today. It was today. Shut down a whole lot of different businesses today. that affected your business. So good decision. Now, you know what? I don't want to say good decision on your boss. The decision was made, so we're going to go with that. But Well, one of the things that I'm curious about is I know that your salon in particular does a lot of community involvement, um, and you all are family, or at least that's how it appears to an outsider. Yeah, I mean, we're all really close. So were you, I guess, was the staff consulted before um, you guys decided to close down, or was that kind of like an, a management decision? It was a really, really hard owner management decision, and I knew that they weren't going to take it lightly, and um, in the end, I think they did the right thing, but it was really hard. It was actually a really emotional kind of environment when they decided to tell everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I I bet it was. I mean, there are a lot of small business employers who are genuinely concerned about their staff right now. Yeah. Well, and I think too, there's a lot of people that frequent small businesses, like you probably have regular clients who you get close to and now you're, you don't know when you're going to see them again. Yeah, they, uh, right after or during the day, um, they were calling everybody in the next, that had appointments in the next couple of weeks. And um, our boss's decision was to close for two weeks. I'm not sure what the governor has said. Um, So two weeks was, was our initial decision and clients are being 
rescheduled uh, indefinitely. Mm-hmm. So there, there's no real answer because we don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. So basically, it, it, and this is when it's going to get really tough and gritty. You are now unemployed, laid off, unemployed. There's no money coming in, correct? Uh, I, we can file for unemployment. Yeah. And actually, we'll our, have a little bit of that. Yeah. Our, our last guest that we're going to have worked for the state of Ohio unemployment. We have someone coming on and she's going to talk about that and all that. So the, basically what's happened is the governor, they've through emergency declarations, they are upping the process that normally it takes a week for unemployment, but they are upping that up the, the timeline up so you can start getting immediate unemployment. Immediate, yeah, yeah. As soon as you close down. Have you been briefed about that? Do you know the the steps? Yeah. Yeah, we actually, we got uh, at least one email. So, I mean, we got directions on where to go, information about what to do and how to do it. So we're not totally left in the dark. That's good. And and that's your employer taking care of you, right? Yeah, definitely. Good. That's awesome. Yeah, we we have really open communication. We have text messages we have emails we have our own private facebook group that everybody's really active in oh i'm kind of jealous because i know like who your employer (laughs) is and who's in your facebook group i want to (laughs) join how how are your clients doing um the people that you have seen in the last uh i would say now almost two weeks since really everything because everything kind of started to trickle in beginning last week and then on into this week is everybody doing okay Everybody seemed to be doing really great up until Monday. I mean, everybody had obvious concerns, um, but it wasn't quite this serious. Yeah, I guess that's one of the things, too, like um, that people who work in salons are, I think, sort of a barometric gauge for society. You know what I mean? Like you hear like. The male barbershop. Yeah, like you hear people complain about The traditional about male that. barbershop, because yeah, I'm sure like, you have men come into your place. But sure, yeah, it's like Gossip Central. So um, Men don't gossip at the barbershop. Yeah, I bet. We discuss real things. <sighs> Jamie, would you like to uh, put your two cents <laughs> in on that? Uh, we have all kinds of people all over the social spectrums, so it's, it's multiple levels of hearsay. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, so, and so what about your family? How, I know you have kids, uh, is it their, is it their spring break yet or, or no? Uh, not yet. So they go to two different schools, so they have two different spring breaks. Okay. Um, so Holden goes to Dayton Regional STEM School. So he is acclimated to doing lots of work online. So he has two weeks of curriculum and then he'll have one week where it's scheduled spring break. Okay. So how does that work? We, that we kind of touched on that briefly. Um, because our girls, the older two, um, that are in school, uh, the order to close schools came out when on the first day of their spring break. So like they're not, their district is not necessarily prepared for that yet. So, um, how, how fast did, did Dayton get everything out pretty quickly? I think so. 
Uh, I think their I think their decisions came what Wednesday, like Wednesday or Friday. Okay. Or Wednesday or Thursday, and then they just decided because Holden School decided just to not have school on Friday, and then they would take the next three weeks off. Okay. And how are the kids doing? Do they have plans? So I don't really know how fast all of that happened. Gotcha. So do they have plans for like uh, distance learning or? Are they going to use technology to keep the kids up on the lessons, or do you know that yet? Yeah, so Holden School definitely will. B goes to a different school. She's in the third grade, and right now they do have some online learning they can do. They have apps. They have websites they can go to. Work she can do that way. Um, How are they doing with each other and with being, like, in-house? (laughs) <laughs> surprisingly well nobody nobody's had any out of the ordinary sibling fights um so far everybody's doing really well let, let me ask this watching movies and baking cookies and yes. basically just kind of hanging out i love it <laughs> let, let, let me ask this are they i you, you can't keep them in a bubble are they aware of the virus, the seriousness, or is that affecting them? Or are they just like, yeah, we'll get over this and we'll move on? Or, or do you see any impact on the kids? Not really. I think they, they do understand the seriousness of it just because our routine has changed so much temporarily. Really? You think? But <laughs> right. I, <laughs> so I think they understand that it's serious, but... And do you have... Yeah, and that's something obviously you're going to kind of monitor if you Holden see. Holden is probably a little bit different too because he's older. Is he in high school or late yeah, middle? He's a freshman. Okay, so Holden being in high school and B being in third grade, I would imagine it's probably a little bit different with each kid. So, Jamie, how's this impacting sorry, you? Sorry, you sounded like a, you cut out and sounded like a robot. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, I was saying that since, with the age difference, with Holden being in high school and B only being in third grade, that um, it pro- hi B, um, that there's probably a different level of understanding. I probably a little bit, yeah. Okay. So, how are you holding up with all this right now? Is it still too new or? Are you looking long-term or what, what's going on? Um, you know, I'm not really looking too long-term just yet. We're just kind of taking it day by day and seeing how things develop and happen. And Yeah, I, I would think that's, I mean, and that's how we are doing it here in our house. It's just, yeah. Yeah, you got to take it day by day because there's so much stuff that's new I mean, and we don't know. Look at what's happened in a week. Yeah. Like a week has been such a drastic difference from Monday to, not even Friday, from Monday to Thursday. Let me ask the big question. Do you have enough toilet paper? <laughs> I do actually have enough toilet paper. Yay! Do you have any hand sanitizer? We're kind of short on that. <laughs> Steve made his own. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I used... Google, I used three parts of alcohol and one part. I didn't have any aloe, so I had to use hand lotion. But it works, I guess. <laughs> okay. You can see the look on Jamie's face. face right now. She's like, hmm, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, it works, I guess. 
Yeah. Well, we're not sick yet, and that's that's Knock our goal. We're, we're we are doing our best. What do you? So yeah, that. What are you doing to basically isolate yourself to keep? What What are you doing your own personal with your family, your household? What are you doing to keep keep the germ out? Um. Well, nobody's really left since Monday. Eric went to the grocery store once. Um, so nobody has left the house and we just are vigilant hand washers. And as you can see, I've been doing a, a bad job of not touching my face. Uh, <laughs> Jamie's I chewing failed, on a nail right now. <laughs> fail constantly. Um, but just a lot of, of hand washing and. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. Right? Yeah. It, it sounds like you have a pretty good attitude about this and. I mean, really, what else can we do? We can sit here, we can live in fear, or we can just keep a little humor about this and and move on with our lives as best we can within the walls of our house. Now, we're not staying completely inside. But. Yeah, I mean, I, so far it's been great. I have slept in, I have taken naps, <laughs> I have cleaned parts of my... I wiped down walls today, you guys, and Ooh. I would not have had time or mindset to do that otherwise so we're all going to turn to taking it with a grain of salt we're all going to turn into stepford wives cleanest house in history <laughs> no you you say stepford wives i'm thinking the shining <laughs> oh yeah well yeah we almost hit that point yesterday but we're good now so jamie you going to be okay through all this yeah we're going to be fine yep uh, as long as they don't cancel outdoors and we can still you know go out and walk and stuff i think we'll be all right well from everything i'm hearing that's uh they, they're encouraging yeah, you to, they get want out. You to get out keep your the new term is social distance and i, I think that's what they're saying that's healthy for us to be out there any of the kids there does eric count i just saw um, him <laughs> yeah does hi um, eric hello so eric Steve. eric what do you what do you what do you think of all this i don't I hear Lupe down there. Uh, I can catch up on some movies. There you <laughs> go. Eric, what, what, what do you do for a living, Eric? Uh, I'm a bartender and server, so I am I am uh, also unemployed right now. Yeah. And yeah, the same same question we asked Jamie. This came up kind of unexpected. Without meant, unless you want to mention where you work, has your employer been fairly decent to you about this and tough decision, or was it like, hey? Yeah, they gave us. Well, I mean, the state shut us down. I mean, I work at um, Milano, so those are okay. local owners. Yeah. So they, until the state said, they still are letting people work in the stores to do delivery and carry out. How does that work? I, so I've so been I curious about that. Back. Like, how do, do they just I offer you? Done that. Okay. So they do offer you, is it just like a, like a pool? Like you volunteer or do they, like they schedule you? You could. You, they said you could keep all your old shifts, and you can call in for any other shifts. Oh, nice! That's cool. Yeah. So, but I mean, uh, I know you've never lived through anything like this before, have you? Uh, no. no <laughs> yeah, of course, uh, of course not. Forty years old. So. <laughs> yeah, and the unless you went through the Spanish flu. Like, uh, bad, bad blizzards. Yeah, yeah bad yeah, blizzards. That's true. Okay. So, I mean, you keeping a good positive attitude? Everything's ready. You know, you're good to go with all oh, this. Yeah. I mean. You know, 
life gives you lemons, right? I mean, we've kind of catching up on some movies. Me and my son have been trying to watch for a while and making our way through some old video games. And uh, we got Animal Crossing coming out tomorrow, which is, you know. You're not supposed to have candy upstairs, you. But you won't eat. <laughs> Holding in V already. No. Like, no, they're great. Yeah, plenty <laughs> of working out. Okay. Oh, yeah. The hardest part is making sure that our children don't uh, go insane. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, it's, it sounds like you guys have a really good attitude, a really good spirit about this. And uh, let's all hope that none of you get the COVID <laughs> and shelter in place, be safe. Holden and B, be nice to each other. Oh, yeah. Now, are you guys, is this you're for right. your uh, show? Yeah, yeah, you're, 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 you're on you're our show on, right you're now. You're going to be on the show. Uh, well, then I'm going to have a little uh, self plug there. Congratulations on your show, guys. Oh, uh, thanks. Old video games. Check out Cartridge Command. It's another wonderful podcast made locally by myself, myself and my best friend. Uh, we just p- pushed out episode 177. Wow. Oh. Congratulations. Wait, what was that podcast? Say it again. Uh, that is Cartridge Command. Cartridge Command. Uh, and where can, where can people... gaming podcast. That's awesome. Every week we cover and break down an old uh, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Genesis, that era of video game. Where cool. can people find you? On every service that makes podcasts happen. So, Kim, did you write that down? Stitcher, you name it. Awesome. We will post a link to you guys on our Facebook page. We need to talk. We need to compare equipment and... uh, Oh, my gosh. Eric, you just opened the door. uh, We'll have have some shop talk. I've been doing it for three years now. Oh, cool. Awesome. Well, you know what? Everybody can't go anywhere, so you may as well listen to Eric's show. All right. Yeah, we're we're, we're hoping to... A, a special uh, little bonus episode for everyone who's got extra time to kill over these next few weeks. So. Sweet. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks well, thank for coming guys. on, guys. Jamie, thank you for coming on. Any last thoughts or you guys aren't e- at each other's throats yet? Bye. Bye, no, kiddos. But it's only like day three, so <laughs> check, check on me. <laughs> okay. Watch The Shining. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you. <laughs> hey, good luck. Bye. And, Bye. uh, Good luck, and let's all get through this together. I think you guys have a great attitude, and I think that's going to be the spirit I think we're going to see from most of the people through here. Mm-hmm. So, hey, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. And us, I guess, yeah, all of us. Yeah, the whole family. <laughs> all right. All right, so Jamie and Eric and Holden and B, we appreciate them coming on, and they sound like they're doing pretty good. Um, they're holding up great. But I did want to take a minute um, to kind of talk about some of the people uh, who you might not think about who maybe aren't doing so great. Um, I was, and it's stuff that like I never really thought about until today that different people that uh, were mentioned in either press conferences or from people I knew um, like foster care visits. So if you have a child who um, is in the foster care system or if you're a foster parent you know, you can't, it's harder to, to, to sort of shelter in place when you have outsiders coming in for, for visits. Yeah. Kids or families are still going to have needs right now. Yeah. So I wonder if those will be exceptions. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Cause you can't keep kids from their families. Um, student teaching is something that somebody. No, I, was, I was thinking about if kids need to be placed in foster care during oh. this. That's still going to happen. I'm yes, sure that'll be absolutely. one of the exceptions. Yes, absolutely. That too. Um, if you hear, uh, like if you witness or hear or know of any 
violence towards children, elders, spouses, significant Any, others. Anybody. Anybody. Still report it. Um, the court systems are still open. They are still actively dealing with this. So if Law enforcement still out there doing their job. Absolutely. So if you see anybody doing something that they should not be doing, absolutely report it. Um, I mentioned Steve. Yeah, like that guy, was it down in Florida, was hoarding hand sanitizer, and he got busted. Yeah. He got caught. Yeah. You know, I think most people are going to be doing the right thing here, but as with any type of emergency, any type of crisis, there are going to be those people who are going to try well, to prey on... That and, you know, there are people who um, have substance abuse problems, anger problems, who are stuck at home with children who might grate on their nerves or elderly family members that might grate on their nerves and do things that they may not otherwise normally do. Um, so just... just Face it, even loving husbands and wives and families are going to get on yeah. each other's nerves here yeah. for a so while. So just, just be, be careful. Get out and take a walk when you can. Right. Uh, I I mentioned student teachers. I'm sure that the there probably is, you know, colleges and universities are working on a plan for this. Um, I would imagine probably it would consist of looping the student teachers in with their um, their cooperating teachers, their CTs, to develop the online lesson plans and things. But you know, in Ohio, like you have to do your student teaching. You can't get your license without it. Yeah. So, and so they're not if you're teaching not in these school, last couple of weeks. Yeah, so I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, think I'm thinking, too, of the homeless population and homeless shelters um, because, I mean, homeless shelter, a lot of them are uh, volunteer. But, you know, there are a lot of volunteers that work at shelters that maybe are not going to be able to make it out to shelters. And, you know, we, we hope not, but let's hope that with the emergency coming on, a lot of people aren't going to be able to pay their rent. A lot of people aren't going to pay their mortgage. And I heard talk today that, and this is just talk, that they may suspend mortgage payments because that's kind of a federally mm-hmm. managed asset with the uh, with the federal banks, that federal mor- mortgages may be sp- suspended for a little bit. Uh, we, we don't know. This is, all, this is all uncharted territory yeah, for, for today's term. So we don't know what's going to happen. Um, pet stores and animal shelters is another one that, I mean, I'm sure, um, kind of like what Eric said, you know, he, the, the people would probably be working their regular shifts, but, um, I know like for us, our shipment, we get a shipment of dog food. We use Chewy for our, our dog food and they ship it. And, and we got an that email. that is only because I don't feel like lifting all that heavy yeah, weight yeah. because invariably they will place it on the bottom for first world problems, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna put that heavy bag of dog food underneath the cart, and it honestly it hurts my back to bend over and pick that dog food up. But anyway, what I was saying is that our shipment has been delayed, and we can get to the grocery store. So how much more like the people that are um, at animal shelters, the humane society, pet stores? Um, how much more that, you know, they have live animals and their shipments of food and everything else are getting delayed because of what's going on. Well, the service industry is going to take a big hit out of this. I mean, you think about food servers, you talk about the cooks, the people who Mm -hmm. depend on the restaurants. A lot of those people are out of a job right now. Yep. What are the other, maybe weddings, 
Uh, yeah, that was something that, um, so we have a couple friends that are getting married in July. Um, I don't know if everything is going to go as planned for their wedding. Um, but you can, weddings and funerals for that matter, like you are not supposed to have gatherings of more than 10 people. So, um, uh, you think of all the people that are affiliated, like DJs, DJs are going to take a hit because prom is going to suffer most likely. Um, so some people that like, this is their big season photographers. Yeah. Um, like they're really taking a hit because this is their time right now. Like you got prom season, you got spring photos, you got, um, and it, it's wedding gonna get, season. It's going to get complicated. And I think they're waiving the rules because a lot of the unemployment, if you're a W2 employee, it's easier to get the unemployment. And typically if you are a, contractor or an independent small business home, you know, that type of business, um, you're, you're not going to be able to get the unemployment. But from what I heard on the news today, they are looking at making exceptions. So people who are contractors and getting their pay on what's called a 1099, is, they will, they're looking at making exceptions so they can go ahead and collect unemployment too. That's, that's good. It, it's, Folks, when we get into this, it's really, really complicated. Another area you may not think of, I have not had a chance, because we've been so busy preparing for this, I've not had a chance to go out and get a haircut. And today, Ohio shut down, or yesterday, Ohio shut down, closed barbershops and salons. I've seen several memes floating out there on the internet about, we're about three weeks away from finding out what everybody's real hair color is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It's uh, yours is getting pretty long. I might uh, I might have to take the clippers to it myself. Yeah, we'll see about that. Kim, <laughs> you ready for our next guest? Yeah. Okay. So speaking of industries that you may not have thought about, um, we our next guest is Chad Wells from Wells Tattoo in Dayton, Ohio. He's very well known in the area, um, both as a tattoo artist, as an artist in general, as a musician. Um, he has a YouTube um, TV show. Like Chad is Chad's like the guy in Dayton. So and welcome. Also a very talented oh, musician. You. Yeah, Cricket Bows, and you've got several other projects, don't you? Yeah, well, Cricket Bows is a number one. Everything else, I mean, there there have been past things that I still sort of uh, take care of. Uh, but uh, And then Erica from Cricket Bows and I have a side project called Wells and Watson. Oh, yeah, Wells and Watson, that, which is amazing. Thank you so much. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we do a little bit of everything. So we're actually, I'm currently working on another thing I got. I used to be in a band called the Jackalopes that was a kind of punk rock band. And we got asked to do a big festival in Memphis in August. So uh, the the band isn't going to get back together, but I've put together another band to play those old songs that includes Erica and myself. Oh, that's exciting. Alongside my drummer, Kyle from, from Cricket Bows. Uh, and then my, my 15 year old daughter uh, plays bass with us. Oh my uh, gosh. So then, it's going to uh, be like Cricket Bows does jackalopes. Yeah. It's going to be. Yeah. <gasps> does yes. she play a stand up bass? <laughs> That's going to be awesome. Uh, I just brought my stand up bass home today. Actually, we, we've, we've had the stand up bass out and uh, yeah, it's. Chad. Yeah. Oh, That's please, awesome. Please, please tell me you play some bluegrass. I I love bluegrass. I'm not talented enough to play proper bluegrass. Okay, but, but if you're I, playing I the bass, up, 
you, know, you, my, you only my, play my like half the time anyway, right? Oh yeah, my you know my grandfather, my dad's dad played uh, bluegrass music professionally growing up in Kentucky. He and his brother Orville, my my grandfather played guitar, and Orville uh, played uh, steel steel guitars and things like that, mandolin. And uh, they would back up famous musicians that were on tour back in the fifties. People wouldn't be able to afford to tour with their entire band. So Willie Nelson, for instance, would drive into town in a, in a car with just his guitar and the local barn dance band or radio band or whatever was in town would learn his songs and back him up for the shows. And that's, that's what my grandpa did. So that's grew up cool. Yeah, he yeah. was friends with Flatt and Scruggs and oh all of the, the big guys, the Osborne brothers. I, I remember being a little kid and seeing the Osborne brothers getting drunk in the living room <laughs> with my grandparents. And uh, yeah, so we, we love did bluegrass. A, yeah, we did an episode on bluegrass back in October, I guess. And yeah. that's one of the things we've noted. It's how new it is. Yeah. And okay, I'm. I think I said then, I'm not name dropping, but I have played with people that have played with the big guys. Oh, now, yeah. I have it myself, but it's, it's, it's still that new. What's neat about bluegrass to me, you know, I'm, I'm only 46 years old. Uh, so well, only, I, I feel old most of the time, but <laughs> in, ta- in talking about, you know, bluegrass music, it's, it's, it's really, you know, maybe 20 years older than I am, but I, it was always yeah. there. So, and it's yeah. based in this old mountain music. So I always felt like this was this ancient thing, but bluegrass really, um, you know, it, it had, uh, Dayton was a hotbed. Oh yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Seed. All of those guys like Red Allen, uh, who played with the Osborne brothers and was mm-hmm. a solo artist, went on to play with Jerry Garcia and, and, uh, all of those guys had moved up here to work at NCR or at GM uh, and so a lot of those Kentucky, West Virginia, whatever bluegrass players were, were based at here out of Dayton, Ohio. And, uh, and it, what's neat to me is it's there, they are big guys to me, they're legends to me, but they're also, um, it's like an independent DIY punk rock sort of ethic, you know, yeah. these, these guys, uh, you know, I remember my grandparents, they belonged to this thing called the OKI bluegrass association. Yep. Ohio. God and, love them. They're still around. And, uh, yeah, for sure. And those those little zines that would come every month, it was like when I got to be a teenager and like all my punk band friends were putting these things out for their bands. And you see like Black Flag and all these bands and these mm-hmm. other zines that we were collecting. And I was like, this is the same. This is the same as what my grandparents are doing to find <laughs> out who's playing the, the fish fry yeah. uh, at the VFW or whatever. Uh, so. <laughs> really cool. Yeah. Hey, you know what? And that's a great segue because not only is this virus affecting you in your tattoo business, but you are a well-known local musician and it's, I imagine it's, well, I know it's hurting you with that too right now. Yeah. I mean, we immediately, that was one of the first, before the tattoo shop was forced closed by, you know, the governor's orders uh, and, and all sort of related businesses like that salons and and things before that happened, uh, you know, all of the, the gatherings, over 50 were canceled. And so we had this past weekend, I would have been playing, um, or is it this weekend? I can't remember. Days are running together. But anyway, we had two shows that were canceled. We were going to play our first show uh, doing the Jackalope songs in an afternoon thing at Mike's Bike Park in town. Uh, Just a real low-key thing. But uh, then Erica and I were supposed to be playing uh, with the nautical theme in, in Tip City, 
too, and that that was canceled as well. Those 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 were the that was the first sign that I knew it was sort of something beyond. Uh, now, you know, as yeah. we were coordinating coordinating this interview, you had already decided before the governor shut things down. You already made that decision. Yeah, to shut down we, that it was that that was an ethical decision on your part. A hundred percent. You know, we we looked at it and and at first glance, my thought was. Um, a, we'll just close the doors to walk-in traffic. We'll keep up our appointments. We can kind of keep things. You know, the tattoo shop is already a place that we're 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 working as hard as a doctor's or or dentist's office to keep the space clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, hepatitis and things like that are big worries for what we do. So we we don't want those things to happen. We're already taking all of the precautions to keep our clients and ourselves from that. Um, so I felt at first that the tattoo shop was, you know, one of the safest places to be for, for us and our clients. Uh, but then as I read more and I found out more about this situation and, and just sort of thought about the virality of, I mean, that's, that's what it is. It's a virus. It's, yeah. It spreads and it's, it, that's its job. Um, it's airborne. It's, it's going to sit on surfaces forever. And it's taking this job serious too right now. Yeah. And I, you know, I currently, uh, you know, my family, we live with, uh, my, my in-laws, uh, we all live together here and, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, they've gone through some different health things and, and, and they're not, I wouldn't call them elderly, but they're older people and they're, they're at a high risk for this being a problem. Uh, and so I pulled myself out first and said, look, I'm going to first we were going to just do appointment only. And then and then I decided I wasn't going to tattoo. I was going to distance myself, still allowing my artists the opportunity to come in and take care of their clients. And then really quickly, one by one, my artists sort of all stepped forward and said, uh, you know, I'm going to sit it out, too. We had one we had one gal that was keeping it in there until just yesterday. She did her last tattoo in space uh, and. Uh, you know, it was, uh, it was, but, but for sure it was, it was an ethical choice. We weren't forced to, to stop as early as we did. Um, but I'd just rather be safe than sorry in this kind of a situation. I just kept feeling like though my process was going to be clean, I'm opening people's skin up. So now in addition to their, their eyes and their nose and their mouth and uh, things that it could, the contagion could possibly get to, I'm, I'm, opening their arm or their back or their leg up to now to this as well. So yeah. And then I you're trusting that was, they are going to keep themselves clean after oh, they leave your shop. Oh, and that's the biggest problem that we have with any kind of tattoo issues. Uh, and, and we don't see a lot of infection in our, in our industry. We really don't professional tattooing. There's, there's not a lot of infection. Uh, but what we do see is poor healing. Uh, we see clients coming in with crazy, hygiene habits or they've heard a, a, an old wives tale that uh letting your dog lick a wound no. will heal it faster and then you see you know their tattoos turning green and going weird and <laughs> and you so didn't put that color I, in there did you <laughs> yeah so so i i i trust that uh you know we have a fairly elevated clientele they're coming to us not just because they just decided to stop into a tattoo shop like you know a, a neighborhood walk-in shop our artists are fairly sought after artists so the clientele tends to be a little bit more elevated in their critical thinking, but uh, we, we do still see a lot of crazy stuff. So now, uh, can you explain sort of how your, how a tattoo shop works? Do you, um, are, do your artists work for you or are they sort of like independent contractors? Right. 
So Are they ten ninety nine folks. Yeah, they're ten ninety nine folks. It's a real problem too because uh, that that sort hey, of uh, hey Chad, let me let me explain that because like I said, we as we were pre gaming this. Yeah, most a lot of people in the United States will understand that, but if to our listeners in other places, or you may not be familiar, most people yeah. in the United States, your income is reported on an internal revenue service form called a W two. So if you go to a job and you work, and your employer pays you, you you get paid on it's reported to the government on a W two. But if you are self employed or a contractor, which most contract right. a lot of contractors are self employed, that. Sure is reported as a 1099 so they truly aren't your employee right so the big difference between a w-2 employee and a 1099 contractor is that as a w-2 employee um the 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 boss or the shop or whatever has a lot more control over what you do how you do it when you do it uh and all of that and uh, and going along with that, the shop or the business is then responsible for paying into unemployment taxes. So if you are a typical employee of a, a company, that company is paying in every month to um, an insurance fund that when and if you become sick or unemployed for whatever reason, you can then draw unemployment compensation because of that. With a 1099 contractor, unless you make a special um move to pay that for yourself somehow and no one does uh you have no unemployment insurance you are you're you're free, you're a free agent you can you have a, a lot more freedom to come and go as you please create your own schedule uh things like that um i was three of my uh we have uh i think five or six artists in the shop right now uh three of those people besides myself myself are key holders that can kind of come and go as they please. Um, and you know, with that, we don't have to pay into that, you know, social security, disability, unemployment taxes, all of that kind of stuff. That's up to the individual to, to do or to not do. Uh, the problem is when we hit a situation like this, this, this unemployment act that's happening or whatever to, to expedite people getting their money right now when they're laid off for this, government closure or whatever those people are able to get it our people aren't able to get it so um i wonder oh, will I, well, they be able I, to get that small business thing well though? I, I i saw today that that is one of the exceptions under the emergency act that's going on right okay. now which is good news for folks who are getting paid on 1099 that they are, are they are, they, they they are looking exception. at allowing them as an exception to collect yeah. unemployment I mean, I, I, I hope that that goes through and, yeah, and quickly. I yeah. I even saw that that um, they are looking at delaying mortgage payments right now. Right. I, I mean, they are. You know, no matter where, and we're, we're trying to keep this unpolitical as possible. But no matter where you stand, there are a lot of people who are trying to ease the pain on yeah. on the people right now as much yeah. as they can. And Democrats, Republicans, Independents. Bernie, Trump, yeah. all of them—they're—they're they're all kind of working together to make this. I mean, everyone knows. Unless it's a shame you were, that it took something like this to get to that point, but yeah, I mean, in, unless you're yeah. living in a rock, yeah, th- this is serious business we're going through and, right and now, and it's going to affect everybody. Like, I can't think of anybody that it's not going to affect in some way, shape, or form. Even if it's yeah. just, I need to go to the store and get milk, and there's only you're only allowed two gallons of yeah. milk at a time. Yeah, it's it's a lot. 
I, I just I just waved at Chad there, and there's yeah, we don't have really a stand to put our iPad up on, so poor Chad's been looking at the well, ceiling I, the whole I, time. I, I do, but the cord isn't long enough to reach over where my stand uh, is. So, so, so no, so how are the people working in your shop? How are they how are they dealing with this? They doing okay? Yeah, everybody, you know, everybody's worried about how long this is going to take. We're all hopeful that it'll it'll get under control and we'll be able to return to our normal daily lives as soon as possible. Um, but everybody's keeping their heads up and everybody, you know, being the type of people that we are in the type of industry we're in and all that, you have to be a bit of a, I don't know if hustler is the right word. Yeah. Ebbs and flows. To, yeah. And, and so you, you've got to, yeah, everybody paints a little bit on the side or they do this, this or that on the side. So um, a lot of my artists are trying to kind of sell paintings and artwork or give uh you know give classes to uh friends homeschooled kids that are you know suck at home right now uh and things like that um but it's it's kind of it's so early right now in this whole thing that we just don't know and can't know how everything's going to go so i'm sure that if this is over with in two or three weeks and we're back to work everything's going to be perfectly fine but if we're in a situation where it goes beyond that um you know it's going to be tough. I, I made a bold prediction on Facebook the other day that as innovative as we are is... Especially this community. This community as Americans. I mean, like, you know, when you look back during World War II, how industry just changed over and car factories yeah. turned over. I, I predicted yeah. that before this is over, we're going to see changes of how we do business in our daily life. This is going to... There, there are a lot of smart people out there, and they're going to think, yeah. you know, like the, the, the example I gave, and this may not be true, but it's just off the top of my head, schools. At some point, a school is going to say, you know what, it's cheaper to give a kid a Chromebook than it is to maintain a building. And if this works, yeah. that this may, who knows what type of stuff this is going to spurn. We don't know. And it might That's- take two, three years it's a big conversation that my wife and I had at the beginning of this. And it's, uh, you know, for better or worse, I think our family is more prepared for this than a lot of families are because we are homeschoolers. We have a nine year old or a 10 year old. Now she just turned 10 the other day. Happy birthday, Lily. Happy Uh, birthday. uh, (laughs) We, uh, we have a 10 year old and a 15 year old. Uh, Lily's been homeschooled her entire school career. PJ Presley, our 15 year old, she, uh, did a, a few years of uh, Montessori and then public school, and then we brought her home to homeschool. We've already been doing that. Uh, there are a lot of things that we already do to, you know, in the from October uh, until uh, January 1st, our business slows down dramatically. So we have to like sort of ration ourselves and things through, through the winter a bit and, pl- and plan for it. We save up all year long to cover ourselves during those lean times. So we're we're kind of used to this. It's, it's, it's cutting into what is our busiest time. April 1st is, is, uh, our hot date for, um, you know, business. Why is that? Uh, well, so, uh, I mean, tattooing is, um, it's, it's a non-necessity. Um, there are definitely people that get tattooed all year long and there are people that are really into it. Um, I have clients that come in every week. They're, they're getting an arm tattooed this week and a leg tattooed next week. And they're, they're working on that. But most people get, if they're getting tattooed regularly, it's a couple times a year. Um, it's spurned on by 
sort of like summer. They're seeing other people's tattoos. It makes them think about their body. They decide to do that. Also money, uh, you know, if you look at the tax returns back. Yeah, it's tax season. Tax season is an enormous (laughs) thing. Like, like, um, when everybody about February, when everyone starts knowing what they're going to get or what's going to happen in April with their tax returns, they start, they start booking heavily then. And then from, from late March, early April through the summer until about October, we're gangbusters. We're, we're doing hot business, but, um, you know, this is really cutting into that. That's potentially going to stunt us pretty heavily. Um, so if, if it, we, if we weren't living with the COVID, the emergency right now, if I wanted to get a tattoo, how long out do I need to call you to book? It depends on the artist. We do have artists that are sort of younger artists that handle walk-ins and you could, you could get in with a day or two notice and sometimes just walk in the door. But if I uh, wanted you, uh, if you want, if you want me, it's a month, probably a month at a, at a normal time. I, I, I know artists who book up a year or two years in advance. Wow. And I, huh. I definitely went through a phase in my career where, um, I was booking up six or eight months in advance, but I, I like to not book out that far. So it's, it's, yeah, about a month. I have a, a question for your lovely wife, Michelle, if she's still available and if she would be yeah, willing Michelle. to talk. So I'm excited that we're able to talk to somebody that is a homeschooler um, because has this really, has it affected you? I would I would imagine not so much um, the school shutdown and everything. Do you have no. friends now that are like, man, how do you do it? I do. I have a lot of people uh, kind of saying, how, how did you go through this? How did you survive? And it's a lot of talking through patience and breathing, <laughs> knowing, <laughs> knowing when to walk away and take a break for yourself. Take a break. Let your kids have a break. You know, it's it's all new for them. Uh, younger kids. I've, I've you know, we started with both our girls very young. Our oldest daughter was young enough that she went through the challenging, you know, she was used to listening to a teacher and the teacher's rules. And when she came home now, she had to listen to us and that there's the testing that happens. And so I see a lot of my friends going through their kids, pushing back, like, well, what are you going to do if I don't do what you say? You know, you, you have to have in place a system of, uh, you know, restriction or punishment, whatever you, you put in place, you, you have to incentive, incentivize school for sure. <laughs> um, one of the things that I've seen from several people who, uh, have now, um, you know, it kind of was abrupt. The school closure was a little bit yes. abrupt. And so not everybody has had the chance to put, um, uh, like digital learning in place. So I think a lot of parents are now scrambling they don't want their kids. They don't want their kids to have a, an extended spring break, um, right? And so they're scrambling now for resources. Do you okay. have any suggestions for them as far as do you use a specific curriculum um, that you like, or do you ha- do you kind of do your own lesson plans based on um, like life skills? Uh, for us, we have de- we've been doing it long enough now. We develop our we. We come up with our own curriculum. We follow our own, definitely based on what the Ohio Department of Education requires. You have right. a minimum amount of hours and, and subjects you need to cover, of course. But within that, we come up with our own curriculum. A lot of it now, especially for Presley being older, is 
life skills based. You know, she is starting an apprenticeship at the tattoo shop Tuesdays and Thursdays. Cool. She she works at the shop. She's learning the accounting side of things, the biz, running the business side, you know, and, and it keeps it fresh and exciting. But I would say a lot of the curriculum that you can find, they're actually offering for free right now. So mm-hmm. just a basic Google search for homeschool curriculum will give you options to peruse and, and, and having the shot of having it for free now is a wonderful chance for people to try it all out. And it is. And that's a huge because, um, curriculum, like actual boxed curriculum is very expensive. We got, uh, so when I was teaching, teaching for the nook, um, one of the curriculums that we got for preschool was like just the basic curriculum was like, I don't know, it was like $165 or something like that. Yes. Yes. Um, so it can be very pricey. So if you find, uh, if you're one of those parents that is looking for a homeschool box curriculum for your kid and you can find it for free, you better snatch it up because it's not normally like that. That's right. And I also am telling everybody I can Khan Academy online is an amazing free resource. You can, from children, you know, preschools, preschoolers up through adults, there is, you, you get stuck on how to do something. You can just you know, search that out and they'll show you a math problem, you know, to, to walk through, but it's, it's always free. So a lot of our curriculum, especially for math and things is based out of Khan Academy. It's, it's an amazing resource that people should really use if they can't explain to their child, you know, what their teacher wants with common core math. It's a challenge for some parents. Oh man, Go we're going to be Con- there soon. Yes. <laughs> Go to Khan Academy because you yourself can take the lesson to understand how to do the things to teach to your child. Then. That's awesome. Um, hard, hard, yeah. hard times bring on innovation, and Definitely. that's what I see. I mean, example, uh, Carnival Cruise Lines just offered up some of their ships to go to I New York because they're going to need the extra beds. Yeah. It's yes. Just, it, it, to me, it's amazing to see... It- it is. I saw that's a happening. story the other day in Italy. Somebody three D printed like a like a respirator or something. I I saw yeah. that as well. It, it, I hope people continue to do, do things like that. We we have to think for ourselves and take care of ourselves. In te- you know, follow follow what society is saying for sure. But think for yourself. You don't just wait all the time. Those kinds of things can save lives. Your own your own family. That, Absolutely. It's very, very smart thinking. So, Chad, back to um, the, the the tattoo business. Where's your shop? Yes. Lo- where's your shop located? If you don't mind saying, yeah, it's it's Wells and Company Custom Tattoo. We're at one ten East Third Street, right in downtown Dayton. Uh, the landmark I always direct people to is we're right across the street from Don's Pawn Shop, which is one of the best pawn shops in Dayton. It's mm. been there since I think the '30s or '40s. Family owned uh, place. Uh, so if you're, you know, a musician or anything like that, you've probably gone and looked, looked at, uh, guitars there right next door to downtown Dayton optical, uh, which is another, you know, big community, uh, favorite business. That's, that's, uh, you know, two, two pairs of glasses for 60 bucks spot, you know, <laughs> they do a great job. fantastic people. Hey. Yeah. You guys all have the, all the hipsters get their big black clumpy glasses. <laughs> you see what I'm wearing? Right? Okay. I get mine free from the Veterans Administration. So. <laughs> hey, even better, man. That's, that's even better. Yeah. Hey, look, you guys have an awesome attitude. What advice do you have to other small business owners? Not even small business owners, but there are a lot of servers who are hurting right now. 
Yeah, you know what? I mean, everybody, it, it's um, the internet is a huge resource. There are so many little groups popping up for people to help each other out, spread information, and hopefully most of it's good information. Mm-hmm. We saw a local restaurant recently posted to a, a, a group that was specifically for service industry people in our town um, that they had overordered uh, bratwurst for the big hoopla event in the Oregon district. And they had so many uh, that they were, if you were a service, they had a secret service industry uh, bratwurst that if you called them up and uh, asked for this thing, it was free for you, a, or your a, family. A, you or your family, a brat and a bag of chips. So people are feeding awesome. each other online. We're keeping each other company online um, that that's a great place to go. And then beyond that, um, you know, the big thing that we have to all consider right now is, is when this is over, um, how are we going to change what we're doing? Um, are we going to carry some of this with us for, as, as a precautionary kind of thing or, or just as a, as a learning thing? Um, you know, these small business loans that are coming out, it's great. They have 0% to 4% loans for small businesses through the SBA.gov. Uh, those are going to save a lot of people, but it's also, uh, we got to think about if this thing goes longer than a couple of months, are we going to be able to pay those loans back? Uh, so we, we have to figure out how to get lean and, and mean and do our thing. A, a lot of us really kind of, uh, just float through, this situation on a cloud thinking that every day is, is uh, a, a promise of, of some abundance and it's, it's not, uh, but we can, we can, uh, you know, just look around and, and your, your neighbor may, uh, you know, you might have a, a builder next door that needs help with something, or you, you may have something that you can teach somebody now for, for when this is all, all comes out. I mean, I, I think servers, if anything else, if I were a server right now, now I've seen the, the joke here is I've seen a lot of my female server friends and service industry friends joking about where do I sell the feet picks now? Uh, <laughs> so people are figuring out how to make money, but uh, in, in all reality, like who, who better uh, right now in a shortage of uh, one-on-one teacher to student situations, who better to teach math to your kid if you can't uh, afford or find a, a proper teacher or, or something like that to help tutor your child, a, a server is going to have some in, intensely good math skills innately. Uh, and, and if you're worried about the, the social distancing, they can do it just like we're doing right now. Oh, it can oh, still yeah. be done 100%. over this. Yeah. My daughter, uh, just before you called, my daughter was FaceTiming with her friend that she usually sees every week in person. And they were, you know, she was running around with the phone in her hand and he had the phone in his hand at his house. And it was, you know what I mean? It was kind of, it wasn't business as usual, but it, it really was. Yeah. And it's so cool. Like, yeah, they're going to play Candyland. They both have Candyland. So they're going to set so up their cool. Candylands. You know and, what I mean? Yeah. And I love the things like Erica earlier put out a thing on Facebook Live. She's like, hey, man, there's nobody else around. I'm going to get out my guitar. I haven't done it for a while. And so she just sang yeah. a song on Facebook Live, and it was just real uplifting yeah. kind of thing. And then, um, you know, it, it this Drop is Dropkick Murphys. Oh yeah, Dropkick yeah. put on a free show online. Like it was really cool. Uh, our buddy Steve Heeman, um, local filmmaker, um, he is a server and also is a, a trained percussionist. So I. You know, I'm hoping that maybe he gets on and does some classes or something. And and so there's a, 
everybody has these like secret hidden talents that a lot of sure. people don't get a chance to see. Bring them out. And this is why yeah. I want to do this podcast tonight because I'm telling you, Chad, this is what I was hoping that I think a lot of people are looking at doom and gloom, but you sure. are bringing out the spirit, the attitude that if most people take this, and I have a feeling that most people are taking this kind of attitude yeah. that, hey, it's going to be tough, but we're going to get through this. Look, we're going to yeah, adapt we're and overcome. Adapt. Yeah, Absolutely. Look, and I, I, this isn't, you know, I come to this place after, you know, I, I had a good hearty cry about uh, my business being closed uh, down because I well, worry yeah. so much about the people that work for me. It's, it's, re you know, it's normal to feel stressed and, and emotional and sad and, and, uh, and like it is the end of the world, you know, and we're all programmed by zombie movies and <laughs> breakout movies and stuff like that. So worst case scenarios are playing in all of our heads, but, um, we have to kind of take a deep breath, look around, see what's, what's real. Um, you know, the old psychologist trick for, uh, people with, uh, anxiety or anger disorders. It's like, tell me four things in the room that are real that you could touch right now. Yeah. Take the, take that moment to take a breath and like go, that's a doorknob. It's yeah. cold when I touch it. That's the, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then we kind of come back to center and go, okay, well here, here we go. And, uh, you know, like some of the greatest inventions of our modern age were, you know, came out of times that were pretty dark and, and, uh, you know, uh, th the, the world was not a, uh, a happy, clean, uh, place when, uh, Edison was inventing light bulbs or the Wright brothers were inventing the airplane. There was, there was a lot of hard stuff going on. And, uh, but that, that sort of human spirit, and resilience is what's going to get us through this. We're you need to stay mentally as strong as you can. Exactly. And take care of each other. And we're going to get. We're going. We're all going to get through this. Our, I mean, some people right. are going to get sick, and yeah. unfortunately, yeah. some people. Yeah. But but you know what? And we're going to get through this. Our listeners yes. know how much I love Dayton. Uh, if you need yeah. somebody to give you a boost, find somebody from Dayton. Because yeah. uh, we can do it. We had a rough yeah. summer, and this is That's just right. the next in the chain of events. And we've twenty twenty. It's been rough. Better. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's been yeah. it's been a rough uh, six eight months for us. And uh, yeah. but you know what? We've all come through it stronger because of it as a community and as individuals. And so, if you need somebody to lift you up, uh, then then call somebody from Dayton because we got it on lock. One hundred percent. One hundred. Yes. <laughs> all right, Chad. Any last plugs for your business? Yeah, I mean, check us out. We're, so we're going to, uh, if you find us on Facebook, Wells & Company Custom Tattoo, um, we're, we're going to start, uh, we're going to have our artists doing a daily art lesson or oh, some sweet. kind of art situation. It's free. We'll probably have a tip jar out for the artists or for the shop even uh, for people that want to dump something in there. Maybe your kid wants to, you want to put your kid in front of it and let them uh, have an art class or if, or if you just want to watch it to, to see somebody make something, we're going to be doing stuff like that during this time just to keep ourselves busy and sane and, and keep our brand in front of people's faces. I mean, I'm, I'm the, the, the big thing here is, you know, coming back strong at the end of this and it's real easy to just kind of, okay, well, I'm going to lay on the couch until this is all over. Uh, but man, Don't do that. Like, like, like Erica said in her video, you were talking about Erica, uh, doing the song earlier and uh she pointed it out she she hadn't played guitar in years really uh and just doesn't do it anymore and so this has given her the reason to pick that guitar up now 
when this what is What was that? <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. My, my did daughter did someone the door. step on the cat or what? <laughs> I mean, it's a WD-40. Uh, but, you know, Erica said, uh, you know, that she doesn't do this. This gave her an excuse to pick it up. Now, if she puts in, you know, 15 minutes every day playing that guitar where she wouldn't have otherwise, when this is all over, uh, you know, we have a stronger unit as musicians that we can go and play more. We can make more money as musicians because she's such a killer guitar player from Absolutely. from doing it during this thing. I think this is a time to pick up that hobby you've been putting off. Uh, you know what? It, it's funny that all of the musicians immediately started live streaming, immediately started throwing concerts. Uh, before the Dropkick Murphys show, my daughter loves a, a guy called Youngblood. And uh, he, he had a show, it was called the Young Blood Show, and he threw it together and it was like, he had a guy cooking on there and he had other musicians and it was, he did his own like variety show. That's cool. Uh, and, and, you know, that's, uh, but we all as musicians sit around and talk, well, I'm going to start having more of an internet presence and I'm gonna, maybe I'm going to start live streaming once a week or maybe I need to interact with my audience, but we don't do it. Uh, this gives us the the opportunity to to just suck it up and do all those. <laughs> things. We can't go to work. We I don't have any other excuse uh, as to why I can't set up my digital recording stuff and just start pumping out albums. A, a friend, Andy Gabbard from the band The Buffalo Killers, just put out an, he three days into the pandemic and he put out a new album and all the money's going to the food bank. That's so, awesome. Stuff like that. That's 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 the main thing I want. Very Beyond cool. promoting my stuff, I, I hope that I'm promoting the idea that more people should be doing the stuff that I already I already act like this. I have a tattoo shop. I have multiple bands. I have a yeah, I, I have a production company. I have a internet TV. Show, all this stuff, and it's because I can't sit still. But <laughs> you know, and people go, "Wow, I wish I could do all the stuff you do." Well, you nope, can not to now. Do yeah. it. You know. Your hey, phone is a production studio. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, my my nephew played in a band, and he uh, he he ended up producing an entire EP just, just on his iPhone. On his iPhone, he wanted to do it yeah. just as a project. So yeah. Hey, look, we, we, Cricketbos has plans. I'm gonna. Erica doesn't have anything fancy at home to record with. Some of us have digital workstations and Macs and stuff. Erica's got like an iPhone and an iPad. I don't even think she's got an iPhone. I think they're you know, whatever windows, whatever the non iPhone phones, are. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, I'm, I've, I've figured out how I'm going to get her to, I'm going to get tracks to her. She's going to be able to do vocals at home. That's awesome. And, uh, maybe, maybe we have a unexpected album or EP that comes out. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I title it COVID or something. Pandemic. Yeah. 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 Songs from the, uh, whatever. Yeah. Songs from the pandemic. Or, yeah. I love know. it. It's like, Look, I mean, like uh, folk music, Woody Guthrie, that's the Dust Bowl. That's America yeah. going through a very similar thing, and we get This Land is Your Land out of it. Somebody please write the next This Land is Your Land. Yeah. Challenge accepted. Well, working, maybe not challenge accepted. I, I got a nice Martin HD 28 sitting over there, and Ooh, I've got nothing to do. We got a jam, man. You need to play with Wells and Watson. We need some other pickers to jump. Uh, no, I, wait. Talk to me you after You got a the, Martin. I got, I got like a... I got like an Ibanez and a Wash, but I got some crappy old heavy metal guy guitars. I would love to. I'll tell you the story of how I obtained this thing. We got a Weber Weber custom mandolin too. I'll tell you those stories sometime. So, Ch- hey, yeah. look, 
Chad, we, we've got a lot of other guests we want to talk yes. to. You've been fascinating. Thank and, you, Michelle, also and, for jumping yes. on like without oh, being welcome. expected to. And yeah. I can see just an episode with you yeah, coming up here it. in the future when we can. But I want to do it face to face in here. I would love to. I would yeah. love to share some of that libation you got there. All right. <laughs> so, hey, look, this is the spirit that we were hoping to pull out of this. That Absolutely. Like, hey, look, if, if you watch the news right now. It's it's depressing. Take a break. Yeah. Take a break. Listen to this and yep. talk to people like Chad. There are people out there like this. It's not all doom and gloom. We're going to get through this, folks. And so, Chad, Michelle, thanks for being on the show tonight. And thank you guys uh, so much for doing what you're doing too. Yes, thank you. You guys, are, you guys are a light in all of this as well. Oh, thank and you. I, and Definitely, yeah, joy. Been hearing so many positive things about what you guys are doing. All, all of my podcast friends love you guys. Oh, thanks. Oh, Good job. Sure. Good yeah. job. <laughs> thanks. All right. Hey, <laughs> thanks for coming. And Kim, I think it's time to uh, cover our next topic here before we get to our next guest. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, thank guys. You. We'll see you. Wow. What a positive attitude right uh, there. They are, the Wells family is just an amazing group. They're they're very talented, um, and they, they really do a lot of good for the area, for the community, and not just, like, with the stuff that they do, but with their positive attitudes, and, yeah, and I, just that's just typical of I, them. I just, I just thought it was awesome that Chad made the decision to shut down, to stop, mm-hmm. before it was told to before it became mandatory just made that good ethical decision to try to do what's right for people right now right yeah hey before we get to our next guest um there are some job opportunities out there and this is just what we have picked up through different sources so we're just going to run through these really quick before we uh before we move on to our next guest yes and um uh, you know this is what a lot of these have come from facebook uh, so, which is a great opportunity. Um, it's like a great resource to uh, to get information about who may be hiring, who needs help, um, and kind of where you can go. Kroger, I know, is hiring ten thousand people. And basically, what they are doing, they are closing early, so they need people to stock and they need clean. people to come in and clean, sanitize the place mm-hmm. before uh, before their shoppers come in. Yep. Uh, Amazon, I read, is hiring 100,000 people. Um, Wilmington Pike. If you're in Dayton, Wilmington Pike was the location that was mentioned that they are hiring pretty much on the spot out there from what I've heard. Um, But I have also heard uh, that UPS is also hiring and some local courier delivery companies may be hiring as well. DoorDash and those folks? Uh, No, like um, locally, I know, like like Rush and locally Clipper Courier, um, places like that. Uh, But you mentioned DoorDash, Uber Eats, Instacart, Grubhub, those places. If you work for one of them already, you're probably staying super busy. If you don't work for one of them, business is booming. Uh, I know I put in an Instacart order the other day, um, and that's something that I would normally do. Uh, we b- buy Instacart from Costco and Sam's and have them deliver it for the daycare. Uh, and normally it's like a two-hour thing, two days. It yeah. was a two-day delivery time. So um, they're absolutely. And speaking of Costco, Costco is also hiring much in the same way Kroger is. They are looking for people who can come in um, to stock and clean. State of Ohio is in desperate need of corrections officers and for nurses. 
Uh, we we actually had to drive by the um, the state prison down at Lebanon, mm-hmm. and they have a sign out right there. But it's also being advertised other places. Just almost immediate hires yep. that are going on with that stuff right there. Anybody? What? Where else, Kim? Uh, Aldi is hiring um, another you know another grocery store. Uh, I know that Pizza Hut and Domino's, as far as the pizza game, Pizza Hut and Domino's are are ordering, uh, del- are ordering, are <laughs> hiring delivery drivers. Yeah. Um, remote meeting and telecommunication companies, uh, Zoom, Slack, and Microsoft Teams, I know, are all hiring. Uh, and that's also, if you are in uh, any form of IT or you have any experience with any of that stuff, and possibly even if you don't, um, I know... Uh, we have, I, so online distance learning, um, my university, I go to Sinclair and we use zoom for our online courses already. Um, and I suspect that with zoom making it free for a lot of the schools and things, they've suspended their payments so that schools can use them. Uh, I suspect that zoom is going to need a lot of people. Yeah. So uh, there are opportunities out there. You may have to look. But there are opportunities out there right now if you need some immediate work. May not it, look, it, It's an emergency. It may mm-hmm. not be what you want to do, but it, it's going to help keep food on the table. It's going to help pay the rent for right now. Right. A couple of other things uh, that you can look into. I, I don't know for sure, but with the schools shut down, um, I would imagine that possibly places like Sylvan and Mathnasium might be hiring virtual tutors uh, to help. Uh, I know, like, it's <laughs> it's not going to be very long before I'm having to help out with uh, fifth grade schoolwork, and I don't remember how to do fifth grade schoolwork. So I would imagine there's probably a lot of parents who are even high school, like, trigonometry if you don't know how to do that magnesium probably is going to help out with that and what you know what else even if they're not use that innovation right just like chad was talking about you can go out and you can set up you can advertise with people and you you can use facebook you can do virtual learning for parents that may not feel up to it may not have the time may not have the inclination with their own kids i think there are opportunities to be had out there right now so let's get ready for our next guest. I'm really excited for our next guest. Uh, his name is Lee, and you may recognize his voice. Lee, would you tell us why you are on the show? What What do you do? Well, I broadcast, I announce for local sports around the Cincinnati and Dayton area. Uh, my spring season was to have University of Dayton baseball, Wright State baseball, and Wright State softball. Wow. And now what? Now, <laughs> nothing. I'm, uh, <laughs> the coronavirus came and uh, wiped the seasons away, which I understand completely. And I feel bad for the coaches, the managers, the, the players, and everyone involved. But it's still heartbreaking. Yeah. Right? I mean, this year was supposed to be a great year for both college teams or oh, both yeah. baseball teams. And I was really looking forward to seeing what the right football team was going to do. But you know, I mean, when does this happen? Right, right, yeah. Well, like once a generation, maybe. Were um, were you following at all the stuff with the first um, the first four games that got shut down? And did you kind of see um, kind of see it coming when that started happening? Well, it's um, 
once the first uh, set of cancellations came in, I was kind of hoping that um, my teams wouldn't be affected. But then, you know, one Donimo fell with uh, the Flyers canceling the – well, actually, it was the Atlantic 10 that canceled spring sports. And then Wright State eventually, you know, followed suit. The Horizon League, I should say, followed suit. But um, I, I – it was right after the rights, the Horizon League tournament where Wright State fell in the semifinals, and that's when everything started to shut down. I mean, the Big East tournament, it shut down halfway through the first game. It's yeah, like, yeah, how, that how was... How do you say... That was I'm sorry, crazy. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. They, that was crazy. They just, like, they were in the middle of the game, and they just were like, okay, gotta leave now. How do you call a game at halftime? I mean, before a game, sure, but it's like, ah, half, no. Nope. We're not doing it anymore. Yeah, like, well, right, you have to leave right now. But before we came on the air here, we were talking about the Bombers, and we actually saw the Bombers. They had to stop one game with, like, three minutes left because the fight, they, they couldn't stop it. The goalies came out and met each other at center ice, and they just said enough, and they, they stopped the game. So, hey, was, Lee, was, that, huh? was that the St. Patrick's Day massacre, the one where Dayton and Johnston? It was Johnstown. <laughs> Yeah, because I think that's on YouTube, and I love watching that a game such, that will live in infamy. Yeah, it's such a marvelous fight. I mean, personally, I like seeing all the old logos. Like I remember when that was here, yeah, type of thing. But man, well, last week on the episode when we were talking about the Spanish flu, we 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 kind of said, "Hey, folks, look, there's toilet paper to be had." You're trying to practice safe social distancing. Don't get in a grappling match with anybody over a roll of toilet paper. It defeats the whole purpose. But then I heard on the press conference today that that's we were joking, but that like has actually happened apparently. Yeah. No, it did. So, hey Lee, how is this? Uh, how's the COVID affecting you and your family? Well, um, with both my spring seasons wiped away, now I'm waiting on Dayton Dragon season to start because. I run scoreboard for most of the Dragons games, and this summer I'm supposed to broadcast for a summer collegiate team and the Champion City Kings in Springfield. So right now I'm uh, <laughs> kind of twiddling my thumb. I'm wondering when my next paycheck's going to come out, and I'm trying to think how can I stay on my feet and help uh, keep the bills being paid with uh, my fiance. And it, this is probably the most scared I've ever been since grabbing Wright State with my diploma. I mean, this this is scary, and I, I don't have an answer for it. I mean... Well, it's it's scary. I, I don't... Yeah. I mean, it's scary in a lot of ways. You're scared because financially, you don't know what to do. I imagine you have to pay rent or a mortgage. You have to put food on the table. And then, I mean, in the back of all our minds, nobody wants to get sick. Yeah. And we don't know how long this is going to last. No, and I, I think that's, I don't know what's scarier about this. The coronavirus just sweeping over and all the reports you see about Italy having, what is it, over a thousand deaths or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and China's pretty up there too, although Italy leapfrogged them the other day from what I read on social media. I, I think it's what this thing is that's sweeping through and when am I going to be able to get back to work? I mean, like I previously mentioned, I feel bad for the players and everyone involved, but yeah. I I don't like talking about, you know, my worries and everything, but I'm, I'm scared. I'd like to know, you know, when will all this go away? When will things get back to 
as close to normal as possible. Yeah, I think we all do. I mean, it's affecting all of us. I mean, I am very fortunate that the way I get paid with my job, I'm I'm able to work from home. So the financial worry for us is not there. But we we have friends, we have family that they're being deeply impacted by this. I mean, I'm totally grateful for what you know how it's affecting me right now. But we're we're not completely un, we're not unsympathetic at all oh, to yeah. how that's impacting our now, community. Have you thought about so? When you are not like when it's not during, do you do um, broadcasting for sports teams year round, or is it mainly in the spring? Um, in the fall and spring, I'm the in arena voice. Uh, okay. So when you come out to games, you hear my voice. Uh, for winter, I broadcast a lot of high school hockey at South Metro Sportsplex. So the Centerville Elks and Springboro Panthers hockey teams, uh, I see them all the time. And I was lucky that we got high school hockey done. You know, actually, we got our season done, I think, a week or two before everything started to fall. And in Ohio high school hockey, right now we're in the final four in the state playoffs. And it's played at Nationwide Arena, home of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Mm -hmm. And right now it's like... Have they made announcements yet? I know yesterday they held a press conference about... um, what is it? The OHSAA, I think is what it is, Um, made, you know, had a press conference about what are we going to do about playoffs? And they announced, they said that within the next 24 to 48 hours, they would make an announcement about what they're going to do. Have they said anything yet? No, not from what I've uh, witnessed. Uh, I watched that stream. And can I just say, if anyone got to watch that stream, who the music they did a nice job it was, it was like heavy metal it's like <laughs> you don't expect that out of a sports yeah. a sports stream like that and then um my fiance was watching uh, uh governor dewine's stream today <laughs> and so like classical music's like who's picking all this stuff? I, you know it's so funny because we i've been watching the um mike dewine press conferences every day at two o'clock um on mm-hmm. on tv but then uh I'll see people that are, you know, channel two, channel seven are uh, showing them live on Facebook and they have the camera set up and stuff before um, the press conference actually starts. And all week I've seen people commenting about why they need to be playing Metallica or what is this music (laughs) or so on and so forth. And so today I, I joined in a little bit early and I got to hear some of the music and I understand what the questions (laughs) are about because it's, they were playing like a star Wars soundtrack or something today, I think. Hey, this is not the coronavirus updates you were looking for, right? Yeah. Hey, Lee, what? Uh, what going back. You, I'm sorry. I mean, so if if for the people who are listening, we we are practicing safe social distancing, and so Lee is not in our studio here. We are doing this over actually through Facebook Messenger. So there is a little bit of a delay, and Lee is going to sound a little bit tinny, but. No, hey, that's all I can do with this. We might kind of interrupt each other a few times. We're trying not to, though. Accident. It'll be purely accidental. I'm real bad about that on the show anyway. She, she is. <laughs> so? I'm, I'm 40% tin, so it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Lee, what does your, if you don't mind, what does your fiancé do? Uh, she's uh, she's part of the Humane Society of Greater Dayton. She helps uh-huh. run uh, Meowza, the Dayton Mall. So um, she's... Yeah cleaning out the store right now they have the cats up so, so uh, they've been very they've been very helpful with her and it's 
that's that's our one saving grace. So she's going to be right able now. to. So she's going to be able to work. Yeah, she's I mean, um, going to be able to work, and which yeah. which is nice. I mean, yeah, we mentioned she can, that she can help out the shelter. We mentioned that earlier on the show. How is that going? Um, because one of the things uh, earlier on the show we talked about. Uh, if, like industries and people that you may not think about being affected. And one of those that, um, that we mentioned was pet stores and, or, uh, shelters, um, six, uh, uh, the humane society, places like that. Um, are they just working their regular shifts and coming in and hanging out with the cats or are they taking some of them home? How's that working? From what I understand, um, they were trying to find a lot of foster homes for the pets still in the shelters and everything. And I think they got most of the animals uh, taken care of. It's just there's some still at the shelter. And I know uh, next week, I think that's what she's going to help with. Okay. So maybe, thing, so maybe, maybe we can do a little PSA right here. Will anybody be allowed to adopt these animals, at least foster them? Or are they going to have to go through a big screening check? Um, you don't know. I'll tell you what, I, if, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I don't fully know, but I'm pretty sure that, well, right now when the humane society is closed, you know, there's no adoptions. I mean, right. we got to wait this out like with everyone else. Okay. It's just, you know, afterwards, once everything starts to reset, I don't know when it's going to be, you know, back to normal type of thing, but mm. I guarantee I once think... you're out of quarantine, nothing will make you feel better about the new world that we're living in than a and than a new animal companion. So you should absolutely go to the Humane Society when everything gets better and go adopt. And plus, we're going to be, I say we, as like I'm part of it, but uh, mm-hmm. she mentions that uh, kitty season is going to be happening soon. So they're going to get a lot more kittens. So oh, if you want, yeah. you know, you want little kitties, um, you know, they'll be more common type of thing hey we're all in this together right I know, now right we're all gonna have little kittens Absolutely. here coming up if we go quarantine too long <laughs> i mean um in november we actually got one from the humane society and uh she's just a little love bug and it's i think that's you know helped me out a lot with my stress levels too just you know that's knowing awesome that I get i get to help out and i get to help raise this little kitty and who knows what life would have been if it wasn't for the Humane Society of Greater Dayton. Absolutely. Yeah, we have one cat that we uh, we picked up from the Greene County mm-hmm. shelter, and then we have another cat that <laughs> basically adopted us. Adopted she us. showed up one day and was like, hey, I live here now. And she keeps eating the food. She's so fat. <laughs> hey, Lee. My fiancé keeps mentioning that um, she uh, the kitty picked us, and Aww. yeah, I, I, I love that so much. It, it warms my heart. So, Lee, what are the plans if this goes on for a week, if this goes on for a month? You know, I, for myself, I wish I had an answer. I wish I had something to tell you. But uh, that's, I think that's my big thing. If I knew answers, I feel a little bit better. Like, I can plan and it's like, okay, maybe, you know, you know, stay inside a little bit more and don't, you know, spend so much. But I don't know when income is going to be flowing back in. I'll be okay for this month, but next month is. Have you considered, um, we just talked about other opportunities like Amazon. I heard is hiring a hundred thousand people. Costco is looking for temporary people. Have you considered that when it gets to that point next month where you're like, Oh, we're still going. 
getting something temporary or are you worried about then kind of like you're getting locked into something and then when things do open back up again, you're going to have to quit? I do worry a little bit about that, but you know, if, if I need to find temporary work, I'll go find temporary work. Uh, I'm not a very skillful person. Uh, you know, my, my mouth is pretty much, uh, my money maker <laughs> in terms of announcing everything. Don't take that wrong. Please. Okay. So <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> as you're sitting but, through, um, talking to two people on a podcast, I know, right. Unfortunately, <laughs> we don't make a penny off this podcast. I, know. Hmm. I, I understand. I mean, I, I also run a podcast myself and, you know, I, I don't make a send out of that, but it's, what I, I run it so that, um, you know, maybe someday the local radio station's like, hey, this guy sent us about like 10 billion resumes what? and tell, plug it. Tell, tell us about your podcast. It. Where, plug it. What is it? What's it about? Where, where can we find you? It, it's called the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. It's available on all your major platforms. And I talk about Cincinnati and Dayton sports. And yeah, I mean, the Flyers just had a marvelous season this year, but I talk a little bit of everything. We had a basketball team in the Dayton flight that I played here a little bit. I talked about them, talk about Wright State, talk about all the colleges, uh, talked about Sinclair a little bit, although this year was a little bit rougher of a year for uh, both basketball teams, really, although women's basketball was okay. But, yeah, if it's, if it's sports in Cincinnati and Dayton and it's not just the big teams you hear about constantly, I talk about it on my podcast. And it's on my website, uh, the Lee W. That's T H E L E E W M O W E N slash podcast. That's where my media kit is. You can find all links and listen. And, you know, if you like sports, you know, there it is. Yeah. I know a lot of our listeners are um, big sports fans and they're having to kind of go without right now. So, uh, absolutely. If you're not familiar with Lee's podcast, go check it out. I, I appreciate the plug. Um, I mean, what a great year UD had. And Obi Toppin was just named a first-team All-American, mm-hmm. which I think is the first at uh, UD ever, which considering how long the history is for the Flyers, that's yeah. that's pretty remarkable. But uh, for me, it's always been I, – I wanted the podcast. Maybe, you know, the local radio stations would see that I can broadcast because since leaving Wright State, it's been tough finding jobs. Um, but – you know, eventually I did wind up with uh, my two PA gigs at UD and Wright State. It's just I've, I've always wanted to get into the media market in Dayton or possibly Cincinnati, too. And that's that's why I run my podcast. And plus, all these sports around here, they do they do a great job. And oh, some yeah. of them don't get a lot of coverage. That's that's my big thing. I, I want that's the purpose of my podcast. But yeah. I'm still doing that, and now with the coronavirus wiping everything out, I'm really going to have to start uh, asking people for interviews and everything, which um, it wouldn't be so bad if I actually, you know, ask people. But <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the best podcast organ, organization guy, but, you know. Yeah, but you got those connections with the coaches and things that I bet you if lots you, of people would love to if, to come on your show and, and if, talk. If you've never listened to our podcast, I can barely pronounce uh, words. Yeah. Like, try to get me to say the word I-D-E-A. I can't. <sighs> I get hassled about it all the time. Hey, so Lee. Actually, one of my, uh, one of my favorite names to announce uh, for Dayton Men's Soccer, he's a 
he was a freshman forward. It's Tulawalase Oladiembo, and people are like, how are you saying that? It's like, I, I've called his name like a billion times. Yeah. He scored a lot of goals. There he starts go. in all the games. So, you know, it's no, it's no special skill. I just, I, I would say it, it sounds impressive. I would just say number 17. <laughs> hey, hey, number 17 with Lee, the goal. So, Lee, would it be fair to say, aside from the, the cash flow that actually isn't flowing right now, the biggest thing out there no, is the, just the uncertainty? Yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's one big thing. If, if you know me, I hate not knowing what's up ahead. I like yep. seeing, hey, I got this coming up, and bam. But uh, the uncertainty and just not knowing what's next, that's, that's one of the two things that's killing me. The income, of course, that certainly doesn't help. But it's like, when am I going to get back into work? I mean, even if everything gets back to normal in April, I still don't have, you know, college baseball, softball to, you know, yeah. help, help with the income. Yeah. Student loans. Yeah. Um, luckily my folks who are the absolutely most loving parents on the planet, they help me out with that. So they help me out with a lot of stuff. They are, I, I couldn't do the dream without them. So they do help out a lot. And so I it, love them. It That's sounds awesome. like you have a lot of support with this. You're going to be fine in the end, right? I, I hope, I hope so. I mean, there might be a day where I'm just, you know, I look down and I feel like there's no hope, but then the next day it's like, okay, what do I need to do? I mean, eventually I'll, you know, I'll find a temporary job. I'll try to get some money going back in so I can pay you know, my part of the bills. And, you know, after that, we'll, we'll see where it winds up. Yeah. Hopefully some of these stimulus checks that we get promised are going to start rolling through and, Hopefully it I won't so even too. take that long and we can just get this up and going again and life will get back to normal. Yeah. Our last guest. Is I hope the, so too. Yeah. Our last guest is uh, a lady named Kathy and she's going to talk about unemployment and she worked for the Ohio Bureau of Unemployment. And so she's going to have some pretty, um, some good insight of what to do, how to maneuver through that. And it sounds like they're trying to streamline it, but uh, there, and Hey, look, if you want to boost in morale, the folks who were on just before you, Chad, listen to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you get feeling down about it, go back and listen to Chad. Chad Wells will get you up and get you moving. We got to push forward, and, you know, we, we'll be okay, I hope. But, um, yeah. Okay. Hey, Lee, best yeah. of luck with all this. You're going to get through. I, you, I, hope you. You, I hope you and uh, the fiancé and the family don't get it. And, um, hey, we enjoy talking to you later in the future. Thanks for what you do. Well, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. I've, I've had a lot of fun. And, and plus, being a part of another local Daytonian podcast, that's, that's really cool. So Yeah, absolutely. I, we love def- to work with other podcasters. Yeah, that's, you know, in Dayton, Ohio, there's such a great scene of everything. I mean, not just sports, but you got a great music history and scene. Podcasters are here and they do such great work around the area. I mean, we, we have a maiden day in Ohio and I don't think most people actually understand that. Absolutely. Yep. And you know, kind of along those same lines, uh, I want to put out a plug for the trolley stop. Um, if you aren't aware, there is a live broadcast tonight, 
uh, at the trolley from the trolley stop, uh, several different bands, local bands will be playing. Um, I think it's at seven o'clock. So, uh, if you happen to be, uh, listening, uh, and it's before seven o'clock, um, there was also one on Friday night, but you probably missed it if you didn't know about it, but tonight there's going to be one at seven o'clock. Uh, if not, I think you can maybe go back on Facebook live and check it out. So there you go. Sounds good. Okay, Lee. So we got to ha- we got to get ready for. We're going to have our next guest now, or we're we going to talk about something else first. Uh, I think we've got our next guest ready. Okay, so Lee, thanks. Best Thank of luck you to so you. So much, and we'll get with you and check up, see how you're doing. Shoot us an email. Let us know how things are going. Sounds good. Thanks for the opportunity. I, I appreciate. Uh, I appreciate you, and you all will be okay too. So absolutely, you know, let's stay. Let's stay in touch. Yeah, all right. definitely. All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. All right. So I do want to take a minute and back up a second. Um, I misspoke uh, just a minute ago. It is not Trolley Stop that is doing the um, like benefit show. It is Yellow Cab. So uh, if you're local, um, Yellow Cab Tavern tonight at, I think it's 7. I'll post a link on our Facebook Saturday page. night. Yes. Yes. Tonight at Saturday night uh, when this comes out. Um, I'll post a link on our Facebook page so you can go there and check it out. Uh, I saw some of the show last night. They did it as well. Um, really entertaining. All right. Let's get ready for our next guest. We are on the, on the line with us now, uh, is the lovely Tanya Brock from Fifth Street Brew Pub. Um, Tanya, how are you? I'm doing okay, considering. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now... You guys, did you, did you hey, close? Be- before we oh, go yeah, there, well, Tanya, just tell us a little bit about Fifth Street because it is such a unique place. Yes. Um, so Fifth Street Brew Pub, we are a brew pub, obviously, as the name states. Um, but wow. in the, <laughs> I know, surprise. <laughs> um, the business is owned as a cooperative. Um, so there is no sole owner. Um, I'm not the owner. Well, I am. Um, I'm the owner. You guys are owners. We are owners. Um, there are 3,400 owners. Um, started in 2012, there were a handful of folks in the neighborhood um, of St. Anne's Hill, where we're located, and kind of fell in love with this building that has historically always been a, a restaurant or grocery store, and it unfortunately been shuttered for a while. They honestly wanted, for the most part, to just flip the property get rid of the eyesore and in the process found out about the idea of cooperatively owned brew pubs. Um, there was one model down in Austin, Texas. We ended up becoming the second cooperatively owned brew pub in the nation um, because they went out to people and said, Hey, what do you think of this idea? They thought they'd get a couple hundred and it turns out got a couple thousand <laughs> um, over the first two years and we're still selling membership shares. So yeah. Um, we're open to the public. People come in and eat our scratch food, drink our phenomenal craft beer and brewed on the spot for many brewed on the spot for many people. They don't even know anything about the cooperative, um, cause there's no gatekeeping or anything like that. But those who are part of, um, holding a membership ownership, they earn points and get discounts and, uh, it's, 
it's just very neighborly. Um, we love to meet new people, but it's also a, a kind of meeting spot for so many people, either on a daily basis or a particular day of the week as they're headed out of town from work or uh, wanting to kind of escape everything else. It was interesting watching, I'll, I'll say the transformation, because, I mean, you know, you've heard it described that the building itself was kind of described as the, the local stab and jab. But then yes. uh, Fifth Street took it over, and it is not only is it a great place to eat, grab a beer, to socialize, which we got to be careful with our social <laughs> distancing right now, but um, yes. it, it's you, Fifth Street Brew Pub, does so much with community service. It's not just a place to eat. You guys reach out, spread out through the entire community. And so let me just ask this. How is that being impacted right now? So, yeah, I mean, we, our slogan is building a community one beer at a time, um, not just through the conversations and the connections that happen in our space, but one of the foundations of being a cooperative is giving and supporting your community. So each Monday, traditionally, um, we would invite uh, representatives of 501c3s to come spread the great word about the work that they're doing or a particular project they're working on. And in exchange, they earn money. Um, $1 from each pint pour, 5% of all of our sales of food and, and beer and retail for the night and any donations that come in. And unfortunately, that relies on the meeting of the people and the socializing. So social distancing and, and no dining in kind of has cut that for right now. Um, it, which means that's a heavy impact for us. It, it breaks our heart to not be able to help support all of those local organizations. Now, um, I will say that Fifth Street is a very special place for us. Uh, like we've gone there to celebrate one granddaughter's first birthday. We went there when my grandfather passed away. We were actually um, some of, I think, the last customers before you guys were forced to shut down. I know that we were in there that that day that uh, restaurants were ordered to be closed. Um, and we have taken advantage with the Alzheimer's Association of some of those Monday night um, charity events. Are you rescheduling those? Yeah, um, there are, you know, right now everybody's kind of in survival mode. Right. Um, it, the obvious is those events aren't happening. Um, the next layer is reaching out to those that were previously scheduled and saying, all right, let's get some of these on the books. Um, the first one that was impacted was the um, Celtic Dance Academy. Ooh. They were booked for Monday to come and have their youth dancers come out, raise some funds, help kick off the uh, St. Patrick's Day celebration. We're looking at tentatively putting that closer to Celtic Festival, if, of course, time permits for us to do that. And Celtic Festival happens this year in Dayton. So, Tanya, we know the impact this has because we were there the other night and we watched you shed a tear. Uh, how is this impacting your employees? Sunday was the hardest day as a manager. Um, it is to, to hear it yourself um, as an employee is really hard. Um, to figure out how to hold hands and give hugs, especially in a time when you can't do that. Um, to 25 phenomenal people, um, in the restaurant business, there's, there's traditionally, um, staff who are a little bit flighty and, and move around from job to job. 
not the case for no. us. Um, we're we're blessed with employees that have worked there since before the building have opened. We, um, we know most of your employees by name, and they know us by name. Yeah, right. And and that is part of it, the the patrons coming in frequently and and us being their dining room table but it also comes from staff who care enough to have those regular conversations and care about each other so um they've they've been grossly impacted um for the majority of staff um there has been the layoff um when you don't have a dining room there isn't so much of a need for servers and when you don't have servers serving food you don't have a need for so many cooks in the kitchen to turn out Yep. Um, your your food. So um, right now we're running with the skeleton crew of myself and um, rotating in um, some other staff to help take orders as as demand calls for it. And then our executive chef um, working in the kitchen also rotating in a a cook each night to help out with service. Now, how are you? How are you doing that? We talked to uh, someone who worked at Milano's as a bartender server, and he said that they are keeping their original um, shifts. But Milano's is a much bigger animal than Fifth Street Brew Pub is. So, are you um, like scheduling shifts, or are you allowing people like volunteer basis? How are you handling that? Yeah. So there, um, um, almost immediately when the news came out, um, there were some employees who said, you know what, I'm good. I have a nine to five. This is my, my beer money job. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll self-select out. Um, so then it is a matter of looking at, um, who, who wants to be part of that rotation, um, and who realistically is willing to take a risk to, be called in this week, but maybe not next week. Yeah, um, so you're not making people come in like we've unfortunately heard. We've, we've had friends who are being told, you come to work, we don't care. And the business isn't exactly essential to anything. So you're. it sounds like you're being very, very responsible. Your employees are coming in voluntarily. Yes. Yeah. Um, we're, we're calling them. I have, I have some employees who have decided to self-quarantine. And, and for purposes for health for their family, and and we support that. Um, there are also some who have said, I'm bored to tears. <laughs> can I come in? Is there anything I can do to help out? Yeah. And, you know, uh, us as customers, we appreciate that. Yeah. That everyone is being, for the most part, everyone is being fairly responsible. We're hearing, you know, little telltale things of people but for the most part, I think most people are being responsible and following the advice. It's not an order yet, but following the yeah. advice of the governor and the state. So now the hard question, how's business? Business has been wonderfully surprising. Good. Um, so we opened up for um, official carryout model on Tuesday. And um, each day been greeted by primarily regulars um, or neighbors who either they want to come and support us and or by default we're the closest ones to them mm-hmm. and uh, and so they're they're just looking to venture out maybe a little from their homes but but not too far. Um, yesterday was our first telltale day being a weekend and uh, phenomenal business um, and enough to if we can sustain that we've 
we've got a good business model that if this level of business goes, we'll, we'll be able to hang on and then just keep hoping that as soon as those doors open, every day is going to be a party. Yeah, now, awesome. as, as far as you said the business model, a lot of people think, well, all the restaurant has to do is just start serving carryout. It's no. not it's not that simple, is it? It you had to put some no. thought and planning into this because we've heard other places say we're gonna we're gonna stay open and then within a couple of days they said we can't do this. We we have to shut yeah. down. So what kind of preparations what, what did you have to go through to shift, I'll say, from a brick and mortar place to we're gonna carry out? Sure. So for Every layer, um, it needed to be rethought. Um, for one, the timing of this was completely miserable in that we had pre-stocked, hoping for our, one of our bigger days of the year was St. Patrick's Day. Um, food items, for example, like corned beef that we normally don't have. Um, so going through the coolers and, and the pantries and figuring out what do we have on stock, what can we freeze um, what can we hold on to? Um, what needs to be sold right now? So that's how the current menu has come up, but also giving people something that still felt like Fifth Street. Um, so it didn't seem as though we use this as a chance to reinvent ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but also looking at, we don't know how long the drive is when you leave. So a, you know, a, a sauce that may break <laughs> over time not going to be a great carryout item. And do we even have carryout containers to support like a pasta Alfredo dish? No. So our salmon Alfredo got cut. Um, So then looking at, well, how else can we use those noodles? How else can we use the the cream? Um, Making sure we had enough carryout items. Um, This week, the menu has kind of some more hot and ready items. Um, We cook ready for you, I mean. Um, like the salmon beet ELT is phenomenal, but it has a fried egg on it. And we've heard from a handful of people, Hey, can you add in some items that I can pick up today to take for lunch tomorrow? Well, that salmon with a runny egg isn't <laughs> your best choice. Hey. So some, some cold wraps and some pastas and pasta salads, things like that will show up next week. Nice. So when the weather gets nice, will you be able to open up the beer garden and just put like every other table, or is that completely off the table? As of right now, what I've heard is it will be no. Okay. Um, but that's that's something that I think even the health department is constantly looking at, seeing what will be allowed. Yeah. Um, the um, health department had is calling around, checking in, seeing what everybody's doing to keep folks safe. I had a fabulous conversation with them yesterday, um, walking them through the physical spacing that we're providing for folks. Um, the fact that we're saying, you know, if you're not interested in coming around us um, and everybody else who may be waiting for their order, we can carry the food out to the curb for you. Um, we've provided an open dining room without any tables. So that way everybody can spread out and we're constantly counting and making sure we're staying under that 10. Yeah. And I mean, this sounds just so responsible and, I think the point that I'm trying to draw out here is that this just doesn't happen by accident. It takes some smart people to plan. Oh, it, you're not, it's just not going to happen and say, well, we'll just start serving carryout. Yeah. And it's kind of reassuring that the state is coming through and checking. I mean, they're making, you know, they're, they're kind of directing this to happen, but they're also following up. So 
maybe I feel a little bit comfortable that they do have her best interest at heart. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So for our listeners, um, are you maintaining consistent hours or is it kind of like a day-to-day at this point until you kind of get a better grasp of what, um, like what hours are best and, sure. and how, how can they order, um, you know, what's the phone number? Can they just stop in and put in a carry out order and then go wait outside? Yeah. So the, um, the schedule for right now, um, right now, my goal is two weeks staying consistent and then evaluating, uh, in the middle of that, that two weeks. And so we've landed on Tuesday through Saturday, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. The doors will be open to come in. You can bring in a growler and we will, we've added in extra 10 step EPA approved um, sanitation process to clean out your growler. Um, We have new growlers being shipped next week. So if you prefer, we can go ahead and fill those for you without you bringing in yours Um, and for your food orders. To place your food order, you can start calling as soon as 3.30 each Tuesday through Saturday. The number is 937-443-0919. We'll throw that on the website. Great. Or you can stop in and place your order. And when you call or you stop in, um, especially when you call, we'll ask you to go ahead and make your payment ahead of time. So get your credit cards ready. And... um, then we'll say, do you want to come in and collect it or would you like us to bring it out to you? Awesome. And we'll let you know about how long the time is and where to pull up and, and we can bring it out to you. All right. Um, if you stop in, same thing. We'll say, you know what? Here's your time. Go ahead and stand over here or stand outside and, uh, and then it'll be ready for you. So wow. the big question, is Darren still brewing? brewing? So <laughs> with lots of tanks of beer, um, until you all drink us out of beer, I don't have a need for more beer to be brewed. Ah! Um, <laughs> but what we are doing is, um, looking at quickly getting beers that we have on hand in bottles. Cause some folks, a four pint growler is, is a little daunting. They just maybe want one beer a night. Sissies. Um, so pardon? I said they're sissies. I know, right? It's amazing <laughs> how many people drink four pints in the brew pub, but four pints at home is different. That's okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're, we're looking at getting some things bottled quickly, um, but that is a hand bottling process. So there's lots of um, love, but also lots of additional steps that need to be added in to make sure we're keeping everybody extra safe right now. Gotcha. And I, I hope the people that listen to this can take away with all the precautions that you are doing, and I'm sure the other restaurants, we just went down to uh, Stoney's and got breakfast and had it delivered, and I just watched them. We had to wait until the first, per- or until the person before us, when I went in, they were washing their hands then before they took care of my order to get me out of the restaurant, and I looked through the door, and as soon as I got out, they were washing their hands again. So, I mean, everyone seems like they're taking this serious. If you can... Yes. If you can afford to get local takeout, please do. Um, because first of all, there's not a lot of food left in the grocery store anyway. Second of all, there are a lot of people, um, your friends and neighbors that are counting on you in, in your patronage at this point in time. 
Um, and plus then you don't have to, you don't have to cook. You don't have to do dishes if you don't want to. So if you are able and you can afford it, please, please, please support local food at this point. Yes, please. And I'm glad you mentioned Kim about grocery stores and, and cooking at home. There are some people who don't want to go to the grocery store and, or maybe wish that they could cook at home. Um, in my conversation with the health department, um, she is comfortable with us putting together meal kits. So that is each week we're going to be changing our menu. So we want everybody to be checking our social feeds and our website um, to be able to get that information of what we're serving. Um, but if you're interested in, in cooking food at home, we're going to put together some meal kits with some instructions and some great sauces or spice blends. And then you can be the chef at home. We still want awesome. you to health, at some point come out and get our food again. But, and the health yeah. department's good with that, huh? She she said for, for us, she is fine because she knows um, our great track record. Um, but also the majority of folks that we're serving are in the neighborhood. So um, still putting that together. We're hoping to at least have a breakfast kit um, offered to you as soon as today that oh, when wow. you come in and get your dinner tonight, you can pick up some eggs and some breakfast bread, um, to take home tomorrow and, uh, and have a little breakfast. That's awesome. Yeah. Now your address is 1600 East fifth street in Dayton, correct. Ohio, correct? Yes. Not 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, 1600 oh my gosh. East fifth street <laughs> in Dayton. The green house, not the white Dayton. house. Yeah. The greenhouse, <laughs> not the white house. Yes. Tanya, any last thoughts, comments? Please come and keep supporting all. Um, work through with us. Um, be patient and bring your jokes and, and all your fabulous personalities when you call or you stop in because, boy, do we miss you all. Uh-huh. And uh, we're, we're trying to take in every, every ounce of energy that we get as you guys come in that really fuels us and keeps us going. And uh, we love the support. So what's going to happen when prohibition's over? <laughs> oh boy i hope everybody's thirsty and and ready for a big old patio party oh right. we're so excited stay strong we love you so much and we love the whole crew out there at fifth street and we've been thinking of you guys um thank you so much so Let, let's hope the whole in. city of dayton can keep the attitude and the int not intuition but just what you got going on there for this whole city right now i mean for the whole country Oh, thank you so much. We love you guys so much and, and miss you. So thanks for this opportunity. Thank you. All right. Spread well, the word. Yeah. We'll talk to you later. Go, go get some beer. Go get something to eat. All right. Take care. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. So um, we've heard from a couple of people who are trying to make the best of a bad situation. Uh, we wanted to kind of give you guys some idea of um, things that you can do. Just because you're stuck inside doesn't mean that you can't take advantage of some awesome opportunities. This is a great chance to learn um, a couple of things that you may not be aware of. Uh, there's an organization called The Great Courses. Um, it's basically college-level courses on different things. They have a YouTube channel with free lectures on all kinds of different things. You can just go to YouTube, look up the great courses. If you have kids or if you're just a nerd like me, Mo Willems has something called Lunch Doodles with Mo at 1 p.m. every day on YouTube. 
Uh, also for kids, Pete the Cat Club with James Dean is on Instagram at 1 p.m. Uh, where James Dean will read you a Pete the Cat story and also help you with some art projects. Uh, lots of local places. Um, Chad Wells mentioned uh, they're offering online lessons like dance lessons, art lessons, a lot of zoos. I know Cincinnati Zoo is offering virtual field trips. They do theirs every day at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Facebook Live. Um, if you are stuck at home with kids, there's a website called amazingeducationalresources.com. They have a massive list of, um, learning opportunities for kids. Uh, and there are so many concerts that are streaming free on Facebook right now. So there's a lot of stuff if you look for it. Absolutely. To help pass the time. Or you know what you could do? You could go back if you're new and start with (laughs) episode one. Of an hour and of your life. Of an hour of your life and catch up. Yep. All right. Kim, you ready to try to uh, get our next guest on? I absolutely am. All righty. So on the show right now, we have Kathy, who is very familiar with the Ohio unemployment laws, regulations, and we'll let Kathy tell you a little bit about herself and her expertise in this area. So, Kathy? Hi. Thanks, Steve. Um Yeah, my name is Kathy, and uh, I am retired from the state of Ohio after 32 years, uh, 20 of which I was doing exclusive adjudicating of unemployment claims. So hopefully I'll be able to provide some information today that may help you and assist you in the filing of the unemployment application. Hey, before we go there, have in all your experience, have you ever seen anything like this at all? No. Um, <laughs> Short answer, the, no. <laughs> the closest I've come, are we recording? <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> Sorry, oh God. Okay, I guess I'll just talk on the assumption that we're recording everything. So mm-hmm. the, the closest I've come to this is when we were processing extended benefits in the state of Ohio, which was an absolute nightmare at the time. Um, we did that for going on three years and there were some people who were able to eventually receive benefits almost two years because of all the extensions and coming out of that, then the job market wasn't the greatest, but eventually, um, I think most people landed on their feet after a very rocky road, but to have anything like this happen, no, um, unfortunately, I know in this situation, there's going to be some people who want to file for assistance and they're just not going to qualify. There are certain rules and regulations and requirements with the state unemployment that you have to earn so much money, even in order to file for benefits. I know that sounds a little silly, but that's the way the law was wrote. And, um, some of the people who don't have a high paying wage and some of the jobs that are typically um, not W-2 wages. Filing, pardon me? Not W-2 wages. Well, W, yeah, that's going to be difficult too, but that's a whole nother um, issue because a lot of salon ladies who have nail practices and uh, uh, nails and do all that, they don't pay into unemployment insurance themselves, but yet they're self-employed. 
And if they don't pay into unemployment insurance, there's nothing for them to draw. So that's going to be very difficult for people in those type of categories. Other people that were specifically mentioned by Mike DeWine when he was giving his broadcast, like bartenders, uh, waitresses, things like that, depending on what kind of money they made, including their tips, if it was reported by the employer, that's going to make a difference on whether they're even going to be able to file or if they can file, their claim is going to be so low that it's going to make very difficult for them to make ends meet. Now, let me ask you a question, and you may know this with your experience and you may not. So a lot of companies that provide health insurance, it's provided to full-time employees. If these people are cut back to part-time, what do you know what will happen to their health insurance? Or is that something, do you know what's going to happen with that? That's going to depend on the individual employer. Typically, if they're already getting benefits from an employer, the employer will continue those benefits. Um, maybe some of the percentage that the employer versus employee has to pay could change, but that's going to depend on the individual employer. I do know that when an employer um, and an employee's relationship is severed, either through somebody quitting, through a firing slash discharge, or whether there's just no work at the company, they're eligible to apply for COBRA. But typically, you know, those insurances are much higher, and that makes somebody go out and try to insurance shop on their own to get a better price. Yeah. But while they're employed, depending on what that employer employee's um, they, they could even have a union contract that's going to protect them. I don't know. A lot of those are different variables, so I can't give you a standard answer. Yep. But but in most cases, the employer will allow that employee to have their benefits as long as they are still employed. So yeah. Now, can you talk about the governor said they're going to make an exception that you can file immediately but right. even, even though that's immediate, it may not be as immediate as one might think? Correct. Um, the immediate is probably not the best term that he could have used because I think it's putting a different perception in the people's minds that they can file and they're going to expect money right away. That's not going to happen. Uh, when somebody files for unemployment, typically what happens is there is a one-week waiting period served. That doesn't have anything to do with the processing or the timeliness of the claim itself. That just means that you don't get paid for the first week. With what the governor is doing, he is eliminating that waiting week, so they will get paid for it, but it's not going to be an immediate process. It can still take up to one or I would say 10 days in order for that to get processed on a good day. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but I did a comparison of claims filed last week versus this week, and my comparisons were based on through Wednesday of this current week. Last week in the state of Ohio, the entire claim load that was filed was less than 4,000 claims. This week, as of Wednesday, that didn't even count anybody filing on Thursday, Friday, or today, Saturday, there was over 
111,000 claims oh filed gosh. in just those four days because a week of unemployment runs Sunday through Saturday. So there could have been people filing on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So you look at 4,000 claims filed last week versus as of Wednesday, over 111,000 claims. Okay. So, so the now let me ask you this. That's not immediate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Is there, um, or do you think there will be positions available in the unemployment office to help with filing of those claims? Might that be um, a way to combat some of those 111,000 cases by opening up employment in the unemployment office? Well, I have heard, uh, I, I know some facts that's going on locally where I live. I live in Northwest Ohio, and I just spoke to some of my previous coworkers earlier this week. I actually went into the office this week just to say hi and to also grab some brochures and things I thought I might did you need pra- for today. Did you practice good social distancing? I did. Okay. I did. There, there, there were no there were no hugs involved, and that was very difficult because you, typically when I get back with my old crew, we're all about hugging and and all of that. So yeah, it was a little di- difficult on that. But I went in on Tuesday and found out that in the one stop in my area, which is mainly where they do the reemployment service and the employment service um, services. They uh, are now working from home. So Tuesday was their last day in the office in this county. Now, I'm not sure what they're doing. I believe the processing centers. I had a, a old coworker reach out to me yesterday, and they're still working in their actual office. Nobody as of yet has been permitted in the processing center which are the people that take care of the unemployment claims, they're still working in their processing centers. That was as of yesterday. So what's going to happen with that in the future, I don't know. I also heard that they are looking at, because of this massive, massive claim load that they're going to be dealing with, they are looking at Calling Kathy out of retirement? (laughs) Yeah, they are. They're looking at some of the retirees. Now, I don't know how far out I am. I've been retired from the state not quite five years. So I don't know whether I'm considered a dinosaur in the business. I don't know what the law changes are, what has happened in the last five years. I wouldn't be up on all of that. As far as the processing of a claim, as far as the deadlines involved and the basic application and all of that, that none of that's changed. So I know that the information I would give you regarding any of that information is 100% on point. But any of the new law changes for anything more complicated in a claim, those I don't know about. But um, I know that there's a lot of things I can still do that I can be vital. Whether or not they're willing to go back a certain distance, that remains to be seen. But if they do need it, I'm certainly available and willing to help them out if they do. So So let's Start at the beginning. Okay. Your your rest your server or whoever someone who will be eligible for this, and you're out of work as of nine o'clock the other night. Where do you start? Can you walk us through the process to file for unemployment? Yes. Okay. Um, depending on which night we're talking about, 
um, they would have gone ahead and tried to file an application this week because your unemployment always starts, like I said, a week of unemployment. It's Sunday through Saturday. So if you're laid off on a Monday or a Tuesday, chances are you're going to want to file this week because you would have been eligible for some partial benefits. You always have to report earnings during the week that they're actually earned, not when they're paid. So even though you might not get a check for another week or two down the line, you still have to report the earnings during the week that they're earned. So you would want to report that. You would want to file immediately. And typically you give a email address so that you can get your correspondence through the email. That is ideal. However, if you don't have access to a computer, uh, you can elect to get all of your unemployment correspondence through the U.S. Postal Service. Those are choices that you have to make when you initially file. Uh, I just spoke to a girl earlier, and she got her information about three days in the mail after she filed her claim. So that gives you an idea of how quickly you're going to get your information if you get it through the U.S. Postal Service versus the email. Because email, you would get it the next 24 hours. U.S. Postal Service, obviously, it took her three days to get it. Okay. Um, that's You're going to get your instruction booklet. You're going to get um, other paperwork that you need uh, telling you what you need. Um, you'll find out where your processing center is because that's where they will have you send all of your information or that's who typically you're going to be in contact with is the people in your processing center. Um, that's all based on your social security number. They always look at the last four digits of the social, and that's typically going to be determining where your actual claim information is. Um, they will send paperwork out to your employer to verify the reason for separation, and I'm sure the employer will put down as the corona if that's what the reason is. There is a what we call a mass, it's a mass layoff number. Anybody with corona, what this will indicate on a claim is that it's to be processed immediately as far as there will be no waiting week on this. Um, and the number that this mass mail layoff number is, it's 2000180. And I can repeat that. It's a mass layoff number for people that are affected by either layoff or shutdown because of the coronavirus. It is 2000180. And you will need that mass layoff number when you go to file those initial claims. Is and that, that will be... Is that a number they will put down or is that a number the employer will put down? The claimant, okay. the person filing for benefits will put that down. And then what will happen is that will send... Um, anytime you file a new claim, employer paperwork goes out. But what will happen with that particular claim is it'll identify that that claim, they don't have to necessarily wait for the employer paperwork to come back before we can go ahead and continue with the process processing. Um, there are other issues that can 
delay a claim from being paid immediately. Those are issues that have to be cleared out and just verified with the employer. For instance, we're using the waitress as a, a server, as a example. Um, if she's going to have partial earnings for this week, there's going to be an earnings issue that shows on her application because it's going to show that she said she had earnings. So we're expecting earnings. As long as she reports the earnings, everything will be good. If she claims the week without reporting the earnings, that's where the week will be delayed. Hmm. So that's why it's important to identify everything. If you say your last day work is the, I think the 10th was Tuesday. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Two weeks ago. And then in the 17th would be this week. So say your last day work was the 17th and you actually worked on that day. When you claim this week of benefits, which you can't do until Sunday, you're going to have to report whatever earnings you had Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday. Okay. Kathy, that's okay. why that's why we ask you to come on the show. <laughs> there's a lot <laughs> of moving pieces to this so, stuff. There's still a lot of it's, bureaucracy, but I guess it's necessary to keep the books in order. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Kathy. It, well, no, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I was just going to say, and and then, like I said, when those employers send their paperwork back, they'll confirm what those gross earnings are as well. And that's the other thing. When you're reporting earnings, you always need to report the gross earnings. Okay. So, Kathy, we're going to have to wrap this up. Normally, we are at an hour, and we're going to be well over two hours. I look at the numbers on the computer flying by. Any okay. words of wisdom Hope, inspiration for people who are suddenly out of work right now? I can tell you that the coworkers that I worked with care about the citizens of Ohio. If they didn't, they wouldn't be doing these jobs. Sometimes it might not sound like it because they're just so swamped. And I know you can hear the 4,000 claims versus over 100,000. Um, it's going to be a big deal, but they are working, I know, as hard as they can to do the processing of these claims. So I would just ask everybody to please be patient. Absolutely. It is very... It's very, very difficult for everybody involved. Um, one thing that I found out through helping somebody, just a little bit of a hint, that the agency is going to have to address it. When you go through the prompts to file the claim, if you're doing it online, or if you're calling in to claim a week of benefits and you're doing it online, there is one option that actually says, if you need assistance, you can try to do something online and that you have available to you public libraries or your local job center office. Well, number one, libraries are closed. So to use a computer at the library is not an option for the customer. And since they've started closing some of the local job centers around the state, and I don't know if all of them have been closed, but I know some of them have. My county is one of them. Um, those will not be an option for you to use the computer like the normal everyday business used to be. So I don't know what to tell the people who don't have a computer at home. Um, and with the coronavirus and this non-socialization, it's going to be difficult to try to use somebody's computer unless it's going to be somebody that you're already quarantined with, so right. to speak. So I, I don't know that that's a word of 
hope, but I am being honest on what's out there. And I was actually going to call the agency next week and let somebody know that they need to change that because that's going to only cause more confusion. So I will be doing that on behalf of everybody and hopefully it'll get to the ear of the person that needs it. But um, but be patient. I, I guess that would be my advice is everybody's trying to do the best they can for you. Nobody wants to cheat anybody out of anything. And I know the people that I've worked with, they have good hearts and they work hard and they put in a lot of hours to make sure that the citizens get their money. So just be patient. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Thanks for coming on the show. A lot of really, really good information that people may not have realized. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. So, Kathy, thank you. And Kim? Stay safe. Stay safe, Kathy. You too. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was some really valuable information, and that's what we hope this episode gets out is there are things that are just, it, it's not going to happen automatically. Right. And it's going to take a little bit of investigation. It's going to take a little bit of work. Yes. And there are things that you can do uh, individually to help. Locally, um, if you go on Facebook to a page called Pay It Forward Miami Valley, and there you can find a list of restaurants where you can purchase a meal to distribute to someone affected by the shutdowns. Um, there are several local restaurants who uh, basically you order and pay for a meal. Uh, and then if you are someone who has been affected, who is out of work uh, and you know is basically living off of savings at this point and whatever you can find, you can call the restaurants that are listed on that on that Facebook page. Um, somebody will have purchased a meal for you. You just have to call in and let them know, and you can go pick it up, and it's paid for. Um, you can also volunteer uh, some other things that you can do to help out. Volunteer to grocery shop for an elderly relative. Um, you know, you don't have to necessarily come in contact with that person. You can go to the grocery store for them, purchase what they need, leave it on their doorstep, and go. Spray it with Lysol. Right. Uh, We've talked about um, setting up virtual stuff. Even if you are not one of those people that is inclined to um, teach or do anything like that, there's no reason why you can't get a bunch of friends together and play charades or trivia or whatever. Um, Social distancing, but still being social. Be creative. Um, And try that Netflix party thing. We haven't done it yet, but Netflix has a thing where you can now watch kind of simultaneously watch with all your friends. Uh, If you do that, please shoot us a line. Let us know what that's like. Um, And and send us videos and stuff that you're doing. Uh, You can find us on Facebook um, and Instagram at An Hour of Your Life. You can find us on Twitter at A Lost Hour. And that's our email address also is alosthour at gmail.com. All right. And if you are listening outside the United States, Shoot us an email. Let us know how your country, how your community is doing with this and how they're coping with all this. So, Kim, we are way over our our hour this week. We warned you guys. Thanks for sticking with us through the end. So, everyone, stay safe. Keep your distance from everybody. And let's hope that we are able this time next Saturday. And let's hope you're able to... uh, to listen to the Join next episode. Yep. And so from our studios in the 13th hour studios in Beaver <laughs> Creek, Ohio. Thanks for spending a couple hours of your life with us. Mm-hmm.